Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I'm listening to RTP, and I'm gonna tell you why. I think this part is fly. They'll watch a movie show, talk to smack about romance. Then Maggie says something dumb. Todd wears ten pairs of pants. Page Maggie and Todd. Page Maggie and Todd. Oh, I love you, baby. Romance in the pod. Page Maggie and Todd. Page Maggie and Todd. Well, I need you, baby. Romance in the pod. Would you let a celebrity treat you like shit if they let you fuck them? <laughs> I, I think she treats him like a celebrity. <laughs> 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 Fun facts about famous people. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you guys watch Notting so, was this the first time either of you had seen this movie? No. No, I saw this movie for the first time about six months ago when I just chose to watch it alone in my apartment. And then, thankfully, Past Page took notes <laughs> while watching it six months ago. Really? So, Present Page, <laughs> yeah. So, Present Page just got to sit through and watch it. It's almost like six months ago, Paige knew she was on a rom com <laughs> podcast and might need yes. an outline at some <laughs> point of this movie. Might need an outline of this. Uh. Uh, so, I just got to watch it, but then we. Our recording days got mixed up, so then I had to watch it again. Should we should we call it a mix up, Paige? Okay, yeah, I'll call it a mix up. Air our dirty laundry. Uh, I'll call it a mix up. <laughs> it was. It was fully a mix up. It was. Uh, and so I have now watched this movie like three times in the last six months. <laughs> we have a group chat, and sometimes they talk a lot while I'm working, <laughs> and then I'll like glance through to make sure I didn't miss anything important, and I did not glance close enough this time maybe <laughs> glancing is not what maybe reading maybe reading is the thing you should do 75 messages <laughs> I was <laughs> y'all need to write a summary after your conversations are done and leave it as the last message chat GPT summarize our DMs for Mikey <laughs> <laughs> why is there so many teeth and so many fingers <laughs> so Mikey was this the first time you saw Notting Hill uh, like Paige I feel like I just watched this a few months ago oh. I th- it must have been really publicized on one of the streaming things it was on it- Netflix it was, okay, on it was on Netflix like six months ago. And I think you watched it when I was watching yes, it. Like okay, I yes, watched I think, it and you watched it. Whatever. Yeah, because we're friends and Todd wasn't invited. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> chatty. Honestly, I think what it brutal. was because Todd. So here's the thing. Mikey doesn't read messages at work. Todd doesn't read messages at night. So like. Because <laughs> I'm asleep or trying right. to. So I had messaged the chat and been like, oh, Notting Hills on Netflix. I think I'm just going to watch it because I had never seen it before. And I think Mikey was up, and that's why. <laughs> that checks and I was out. like, yeah. sure, I, I don't sleep well. It's mm. the PTSD. Yeah, but I get to watch <laughs> I a lot of it. movies. <laughs> I wrote it. 
<laughs> no, you're in Western time. Yes. I got PTSD. It's the same thing. It is traumatic to live in California. But okay, yes. okay. Because like Notting Hill is like mega famous. Yeah. Super famous. Absolutely. Like a lot of like some of the cliches come from this film or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say this is a, a proto-romance movie. Like I think this is what a lot of the more serious rom-coms of the 90s and early 2000s try to be and fail. Well, this is the end of the 90s. This is 99. Yeah. So like, I, but I do feel like this is what the movies that come after this try to be and fail at. The, yeah. early, the that twenty to twenty ten, like all like that hundred rom coms that come out. Yes. All, you know, a lot bar a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I I have mixed feelings for the movie because I I really like it and I feel like when it's romantic, it's really romantic and yes. I really feel yeah. for them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but then like when you take a step back, I'm like, wow. He's really letting her treat her treat him bad, but like she's got a complicated life. I mean, yes, yeah. I I think the second act of this movie goes off the rails in a weird way, uh huh. And then it kind of comes back around, and to the point where because this movie is two hours long, yep. And I think it could be ninety minutes by cutting out one section of the storyline, and it would be almost a yeah. perfect film. Yeah. I already think they cut out their chef friends storyline from this they movie. They did. They did. So, like, although he's. <laughs> <laughs> when I rewatched it, Todd, did you have the same experience where like I had watched it and I was like, who the fuck is this guy that comes around at the end? And then in rewatching it for today, he gets introduced in the very beginning and then we never see him again until act three. And I was like, oh, that's why they put this narration here. Exactly. They had to reshoot their opening shot so they could explain why that dude was in the movie at all. In the third act. <laughs> it's the Richard Curtis problem of too many side friends with too many side stories for us to care about in a movie that's about two completely different people. <laughs> I do love this movie, though. Like, I, I do like this movie. Like, fuck, it's just like so sweet and every side character feels very real the woman in the wheelchair that he I think dated like earlier in their youth yes that married the, his best friend or whatever or married that guy right. and they became best friends afterwards maybe I love their relationship so much like yes at the end of the movie when he is like about to speed them off to the Ritz or whatever and she's like no just go it'll take too long or whatever he's like no fuck that get in this You're car going. I love yeah. it their, their relationship feels very loving and very real and this is going to sound insane because I think Julia Roberts is amazing in this movie but I think she's the worst actor in the film like every side character does such a good job I think Julia Roberts did a decent job of being a an aloof celebrity yeah i do think yeah. she's sort of playing a version of herself yeah but, she's playing yes and i do think she's great in this i just think everyone else is fucking crushing it i tend not to like richard curtis movies for a number of reasons and this is the one that i truly do love yeah and it's because it is the one where either an editor or somebody made a lot of his Richard Curtis isms work where his movies, in my opinion, these are our opinions. <laughs> uh, they are always too long. They always need an editor. Uh, they always have too much of characters that are not your main characters that distracts from the story uh they always have fat phobia they always have cheating for some reason this movie has cheating this movie has cheating too it does. they always include a group of friends that must be his friends like that must be <laughs> reflective of his friend group in some way sure and it seems like all the movies are trying to really focus more on the friend group than the love story which makes it kind of convoluted and weird this is the one movie 
where someone tempered enough of that to make it really great. It's almost like he's never fallen in love, but people in his friend group so. has. And so he like always writes the movies from that perspective. I think so too. <laughs> I think he's Hugh Grant always. And he is writing his fantasy love story mm -hmm. ah. while reflecting the very real stories of the friends around him. But I think he must have some friend group that he cherishes. And so he reflects them in all of his films, in some cases with similar actors or the same actors over and over again. Sure, yeah. But even in that, I feel like sometimes it feels like he understands what loving healthy relationships are in the friend group, but not in his own story. If he <laughs> if he's Hugh Grant, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, and Hugh Grant does not get treated very well in this movie. It is sort of I don't mean just away. in this movie. Oh, no, I know. I, know. I mean I'm in just, all of them. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But also, like, are you telling me that the most famous woman in the world could meet me in Nashville and fall in love with me because I'm such a nice guy and yes, so charming? that's what we're saying. Margot Robbie might fall in love with you when she comes <laughs> to film, I don't know, some honky-tonk BS movie here in Nashville. I don't know what the biggest fantasy of this film is, uh, a megastar falling in love with, like, a normal guy, or the fact that your bookstore only sells travel books and you can employ other people to work there thank you that's the biggest fantasy of this entire because that's there's no way that store is still in business <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean today no this store would be out of business years ago i don't think it would be in business then i i think this this is the most rom-com job that has ever existed <laughs> ever it's as bad as meg ryan and her children's bookstore like yeah. it's crazy like it's just proof that hugh grant and his sister are trust fund kids because 100%. she works in a record store making very little and he has a made up bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> that, he's like, got an employee. I know. For no reason. I know. And they even address this. His, his employee comes back when he's like in his office working and he goes, hey, I don't mean to disturb you while you're cooking the books. Like his yeah. employee knows they're losing money. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Now here's what I will say because I, I think a lot of people would try to make Julie Roberts the villain in this movie and I kind of won't have it because famous people have wild lives and a lot of famous people do like do end up with people who are not famous that is a thing that happens but I think that takes a lot of challenge and understanding to live alongside a famous person and I'm not saying everything she did was great I'm just saying that I can understand some of the things that this people may interpret as cruel in this movie that I would interpret as she's got to live her life. Like I kind of get it. I think a better version of that movie um, that you were sort of describing where he learns how to be with a famous person is always be my maybe that we've done. Yes. Cause I feel like that is a central component of the conflict that separates them. And then he gets yes. over his yeah. bullshit and to, Whatever. And I think Hugh Grant, at the very end, we see like a montage of like their life because, of course, at the end of this movie, if you didn't do that, you'd be like, oh, what? So they're going to date for two weeks and she's going to break up with him again? Because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. that's yeah. fully what happens. Believe me, I've lived this movie. But um, like they show him going to a premiere with her and he is just right. like goofy there, sort of, yeah. holding the purse yeah being yeah. that guy yeah. yeah being her husband yeah it's great mm -hmm. yeah which like here's the thing if you are 
if you're a not famous person who dates a famous person, either A, you don't get to go to the premiere, they take their manager or their parent, uh, or B, you hold the purse. Yeah. But that's them at work. Like, that would be yes. like me expecting Natalie to show up at my office and hold my right. purse or hold my backpack while I'm doing, like, she just wouldn't come to work with me, you know? Like, I would take my manager or my, my right. parents who I could, yes. you know, it's, it's a different yeah. thing. It's not a date. You know? Yeah, exactly. If you go to a, a partner's work event, right, you have to know that there is an element of smoothing the room, working the room, yes. doing work yes. stuff where like they're not going to be super involved in all the conversations, and like that should be talked about and communicated beforehand. Yes. Well, and in some way, like you're playing wingman at those events, mm-hmm. where it's like if ever there is a chance to talk up that person, that's what you do. That that's how it works. Yeah. I honestly feel like there's one character in this movie that we don't get enough of, and that is Rufus. I need to know more about this illiterate book thief who has the confidence to ask a movie star for her number. Like, that guy was my fucking favorite. Do I have news for you? What? There's a whole TV show. What? (laughs) Not about that character, but just with with Dylan Moran working in a bookstore. Okay. Uh, Okay. Oh, shit. That is Dylan Moran. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. My my first is it's it's Graham Linehan or whatever who turned into a raging transphobe yeah and was such a bummer such a bummer when people write good shit and then have shit opinions I loved the IT crowd man yeah shit I know uh, but yeah black books and also uh, Shaun of the Dead he is in Shaun of the Dead he, he gets torn apart Shaun by zombies dead. yeah okay yeah mm-hmm. nice all right but it does crack me up to see him stealing books yeah I thought it was great in this movie. I did think it was interesting. So this predates Love Actually. Um, And there are, this movie has a strange relationship with fat phobia, which, as I mentioned, Richard Curtis movies tend to have a lot of it. Um, But in this movie in particular, it both mocks fat people at certain points, but then criticizes anyone who would say anything about Julia Roberts's body because it like talks about how she's been on a diet for 10 years and has had plastic surgery or whatever. So it's basically like, oh, it's okay. It's okay to make fun of fat people, but how dare you say that about Julia Roberts? Yeah. Which I thought was wild that I was like, okay, so you can recognize it's in the fat same phobia scene, when you babe. see it. And it's in the same yeah, scene. It's not like it happens at opposite ends of the movie it's literally right? not even right. opposite, opposite ends scene. of the scene like the same scene <laughs> and i'm like so you recognize that this is a problem and then two years later in love actually swings even further into the fat phobic direction and i was like man i am tired of this in these movies <laughs> <laughs> i do like this film a lot better than love actually though same, i didn't realize uh, that it was same. the same person who made both those movies and that makes so much sense because mm-hmm. a lot like this movie and i sort of like it in this movie although it does juice up the runtime i love the side characters in this movie and love actually you don't really have what feel like side characters you have like 90 main characters and you're like i can't yeah. follow this yeah this is i would say his best group of side characters yeah because i felt like in four weddings and a funeral there's a whole lot of jumble everywhere and it's not enough of anyone's story right same thing with same thing with love actually dude loves to put way too many characters (laughs) and everything this they are there purely to serve the narrative for the most part we never really see them 
outside of them serving that love story. Yeah. And that's why it fucking works. And that's why you like them because they are funny enough in their scenes that you do feel like they're they're added color. You kind of get to know them. Yeah. But they, we aren't losing runtime to stories that are just them outside of the woman in a wheelchair and her husband, which is a reflection of like, Hey, sometimes you just find your person. Yes, exactly. And that's what you need yes. for Hugh Grant. So like it works. This is the one that works yes. basically. Yeah. One of the main reasons I really like this movie is because of the side character story. Like I honestly lived a relationship that was very similar to the Hugh Grant's uh Julia Roberts like story in this movie, so I didn't super love that, but the side characters I loved a lot. You dated a famous person? <laughs> no, but I dated someone who treated me this way. Like they were famous? <laughs> no, they treated me like, like when we were together, they would say whatever they wanted in the moment to get what they wanted from me. And then the second I wasn't around or they weren't around, I didn't exist. Like that sort of a thing. Mm. So like we, I mean, honestly, a lot of the beats of the movie are the same, uh, but in the bookstore when she's like i'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking her to love her we, ha we had even that moment and i was just like i'm good thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would say there's one thing i would change to fix julia roberts's story that i think changes the context of almost everything else she does and that's remove the plot line with alec baldwin yeah i don't yeah i don't love that just because it is cheating when they first kiss. They don't actually like yeah. have sex, although she fully was going to. Was like, she going had invited to. him up. Absolutely. So, like, well, and she does say later in the movie, but we don't get communication about it ahead of time. She does say, I thought we had broken up. I didn't think I would ever see him yes. again. So, like, something was going on, but we didn't see it. It was off screen. Yeah. And she didn't tell Hugh Grant any of it. No, so, that's it's yeah. like she's not communicating. I've had, okay, I've had a moment <laughs> like that where, like, they were on a break and like yeah. I thought everybody was like super single. Yes. And then like we had a night together and I was like, man, I have a lot of feelings. And then it was like we were just on a break and they're back in my life and yeah. I want to be with them. And I was like, this hurts so badly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think if you remove that storyline, if you remove Alec Baldwin's character and that piece, A, you cut some runtime, which is great. Right. Uh, but, but B... Then almost everything else she does in the movie is self-preservation, not deceptive, if that makes sense. It's her trying to navigate being a famous person. And sometimes that is difficult. Sometimes she can't be with him. Sometimes he doesn't understand the ramifications of what they're doing. Yeah. And she does. And I think that to me is a much more interesting movie. And I think it is more along the lines of Always Be My Maybe where like he will have to learn what it is like to be with a famous person because there is this fantasy element of it, but there is a cruel reality to what that life is like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're absolutely right. It's And she does sort of talk about that at the dinner with uh, at his sister's birthday party. Right. Right. Uh, when she's trying to make it seem like she has the saddest life there. Like a lot of the things she says are like 
really sad realities of a famous person's life. I do love how they react to that though, because yeah. they're all like they all have similar struggles in their life, if not worse. Yeah. And they're not rich and famous. So they're like, Right. Yeah, no chance that you have the worst Go life beautiful. Which I thought was very funny, but like th- it doesn't mean that she doesn't have challenges in her life. You're right, Paige. Well, it's just like money can't buy you happiness, but like it, it buys you the opportunity to be sad in really nice places, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And a jet ski, maybe. <laughs> I have once been sad on a jet ski, though, so like it can happen. Wow, you're mm. the only person I've ever heard of being sad on a jet ski, and that's like a very Todd thing. Yeah. Well, my brother had just died, so. You didn't say we once? Oh, I did before I hit him with it. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, it was one of the street no, jet skis, you know, a truck. <laughs> okay, God. no, I was not driving the truck. That was Dustin. Hang on. And Anyway, I, I just feel like this movie is in some ways very realistic about what it would be like to date a famous person. And I yes. think that is enough for her to be guarded and to seem cold at points. Uh, but I do think it's understandable. And the Alec Baldwin thing just makes her seem cruel in, in unnecessarily. She doesn't need to be. Yeah, I I definitely think it is a big red flag right yep. early on that he should stop talking to this person. Having been myself, mm-hmm. someone who's made similar terrible decisions, I understand why he doesn't like walk away forever at that point. But. That's probably what he should have done. It would be hard. It would be hard to walk away from a mega famous person. Man, speaking of someone who did this sort of a thing for someone who wasn't a mega fa- famous person, it's hard to walk away from someone you're in love with. Yes. Like, but what if it is just hard. Mega rich and famous. I think it would be harder. I think it would be easier. I think it would be easier too. I'm just <laughs> saying it would be harder to run away when like, to say sorry, she gives you a $3 million painting or whatever. I, oh, I, that painting. I guess, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, only because she knows the painting he likes. Because I feel like a lot of times rich people just give rich gifts, not thoughtful gifts. Yes. Oh, it was no, a thoughtful no, gift. No, but no, no, also, no. She like, took that from her place. Yes. She already owned that painting. She really did. That's the, roman- it. That's the romantic <laughs> she, part of it. Alec bought her that painting. Oh, <laughs> yeah, super gifted. It. But think he can put that up at auction and be good for a long time. I mean, oh, like Mikey, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, when he, if they had all backed him up in that moment when he was like, I told her no, and they had been like, that's a good thing. Congrats. Let's call Mackenzie from the newsroom, who you had a nice dinner date with, and get you together yeah. with her, because mm-hmm. like she was perfect for him and a real life person in this movie, right? Yeah. And then you sell that. First off, sell the bookstore. Like, what are you doing? And sell the painting and then retire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But maybe we should go through this movie scene by scene. Let's do it. Uh, This movie opens with one of the best Elvis Costello songs and a bunch of red carpet B-roll. And I honestly didn't hate it because Julia Roberts is amazing. (laughs) She's beautiful. She has a weird smile, but like, it's fine. And it is just like... (laughs) God, you're so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like you're the thing that her, she is known She's for, and you're like, and you're and like, her smile is beautiful. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, she is beautiful. Her smile is beautiful. But when she smiles, I can see all of her teeth, like every one of her teeth. <laughs> That's why Mikey likes it so much. I, I listen. I get why Mikey's That's why into it. Billions of people like her. they love her smile. Okay, I, whatever. I think her her face is. 
non-traditional, but that's why it's so sure. beautiful. She yeah. is very striking. Yes. Yeah, I mm-hmm. get that. But she also looks very down to earth. Like she looks like she could be the woman next door, but it's not. It's Julia Roberts. <laughs> that <laughs> like, woman does not don't be live fooled. next door to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I feel in some ways it's similar to like early Meg Ryan, right? Like really early Meg Ryan where you're like, that's the cutest blonde woman next door I've ever seen. Just kidding. It's Meg Ryan. Like it is the the most a person can be of that one thing, basically. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway, it's actual B-roll of her just on the red carpet from stuff uh, with a song that people would use in their weddings for the next 10 years. Yes. So we cut to Hugh Grant walking down the street of Notting Hill. The one of the only places of narration in this movie. Uh, And it's, I think just explaining away some of the people we see later in the movie whose stories were mercifully cut out of this. Yes, it is. Well, because we see the chef or architect turned chef who spent all of his income money to open a restaurant. And then we never see him again until we learn a year later the restaurant is failing. Like, you know what? (laughs) I just realized that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He has the saddest story in the movie and that dude doesn't get a brownie. No, he doesn't. And they're like, honestly, the the food was really good. Like, it was, it was a good restaurant. <laughs> Should have stayed an architect, bro. Bro. Anyway, he, and he basically is like, it's a cool neighborhood. I love my neighborhood. Because this movie, for some reason, mistakenly thinks the story is about the neighborhood. It's not. I don't know why. No, Paige, the only reason this is called Notting Hill is because he wanted Hugh Grant's character to be able to say, you live in Beverly Hills and I live in Notting Hill. Yeah. That's the only reason it's Notting Hill. He went to Wikipedia and searched for fun facts about Notting Hill and then dropped them in his script. Like, I mean, I'm sure it. he had also probably been to Notting Hill. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm sure you know. it's English. Yes, it is. But you get my point. Like, Notting Hill is not the focus yes. of this movie. No, but this movie at points treats it like it is. Yeah. And I'm just like... What are, we, what are we doing here? <laughs> and this is one of them. Yes. Anyway, uh, this serves to introduce us to his definitely failing bookstore. Uh, <laughs> and the house that he bought just a few, a th- he, I think he says it's a thousand yards away. Yeah. With the blue door because he and his wife bought it. And then she left him for a man that looks like Harrison Ford. We never meet her or see her or hear about her again, right. really. Um and now he lives there with a roommate named Spike. Spike is both the funniest character in this movie, but also the most disgusting human I've seen on screen. Yeah, he's kind of the worst, but also fun. I don't know how to describe it. I could not live with a... Br- oh, my God. Spike Whoa. is... If my friend Lee was on meth, it would be Spike. And I love him for that. Like, Because he is so earnestly funny and always the butt of the joke. Like... He's just yes. so funny, but he is terrible. He's a terrible person. Worst flatmate ever, but I love him. The the underwear situation oh. going on in this flat is repugnant. <laughs> it's so I gross. I 100% agree with you there, Paige. I don't walk around my own house and just tidy whities i walk around my own house naked todd like you need to loosen up but like yeah. my tidy whities are in fact white and not <laughs> pea yellow like that's, I was about to that's say, the part that, page those were white oh. <laughs> i mean were at some point white at some point no longer uh and or gray like every single garment he has looks like he picked it up at the lost and found of a very rundown homeless shelter. <laughs> like 
and here's the thing some of them are hilarious like the shirts that he's about to go through in this next scene yes, i love them but some of the rest of them i'm like you'd be better off naked because not only does this not fit you i can smell it and he always looks super greasy like it's oh, he just so looks like he greasy. smells like russell brand yeah probably <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but and they do explain it later that like he never does laundry so it's just like i yeah i don't have any clean clothes well you can't if you don't clean them yeah vicious circle and i'm just like and technically that's not a circle because you never clean them that's just like a sad line in your life yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> forward into the future yes. um, oh god anyway but so he's trying out shirts to go on a date with a, a woman named janine oh my god the first shirt just it says I love blood with a chestburster <laughs> a tiny T-Rex oh yeah, is it like, a T-Rex I thought it was a chestburster okay. it looks like it should be a, a, a chestburster but it's just a plastic T-Rex head that's been like glued into the center of the shirt which honestly hilarious yeah I think it's very funny <laughs> I wonder if that was because they wanted to do a chestburster but didn't want to pay for couldn't. the rights to it yeah Probably, yeah. uh, but if someone wants to make me a chestburster shirt like that, I will wear I it. I would wear that as well. I would wear that as well, yeah. but it'd yeah. be hard to wash. I'm with him. <laughs> yes. Hashtag I'm with Spike. <laughs> <laughs> then his next shirt just says, get it here with an arrow down to his dick, which I, I think would is also wear that. Hilarious, but it's also a crop top, which is wild. <laughs> I would also wear that. <laughs> but then finally, the last one just says, you're the most beautiful woman in the world. And he's like, perfect. And doesn't ask any questions, which you should. Uh, because literally, he turns around and the back just says, fancy a fuck. And I'm like, that's a great shirt also. I these know. are great shirts. I would wear all three of these shirts. Spike is like three out of three for me so far. I wouldn't wear them on a first date. No, probably not. But I would wear them to a live show. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. Of there course. You go. So Hugh Grant goes to work at his travel bookshop that's definitely failing. And will be out of business in at least five years because the internet not, like not exists. Even. The yeah. internet already exists. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. yeah. And he already knows it's failing. So he sends his employee that he definitely can't afford to go get a demi capu uh, because <laughs> they can't afford full cappuccinos. Uh, and as he's gone, Julia Roberts comes into the store and he's like, oh my god can I help you and she's like just looking and he's like oh but hey like um that book's terrible you should do this one yeah if you're interested in Turkey I think this book was actually written by someone who'd been there who's been there yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lovely anecdote about a kebab like he's just very like awkwardly charming although I would say he sort of treats her like a normal person he, he never yes, really yes. treats her like she's famous yeah and I think that that is like essentially why she is like into it early on she's like oh my god no one treats me normal Normally, you know, yes, let me be around someone who treats me like I'm a person, not a thing. Yes. But as he's talking to her, he sees that somebody is stealing a book in the back. It is Dylan Moran. He'll go back and be like, hey, hi, Rufus. <laughs> you got to put that book back. And if you do, then I won't call the cops. He's, and he's like, well, I don't have a book. And he's like, then I'll call the cops. And if I'm wrong, then I'm terribly sorry about this I'm whole book in the pants sorry thing. About it. I yeah. love that. And I love that he's like, well, what? What if I did have a book in my pants and and Hugh Grant's like, well, you have two options. You can come to the front and pay for it or you can wipe it and put it back. Yeah, uh, which he does. But then, of course, he yeah. comes up just in time to see Julia Roberts and is just like, can I have your autograph? And she writes, dear Rufus, you belong in jail. And then, and then her autograph. And he says, do you want my phone number? And she says, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> 
I do love that Rufus took such a big swing. Like, and listen, I mean, the worst thing she can say is no. And he didn't like yeah. push it or anything. He was like, okay, cool. Thanks for the autograph. I'm out. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll go back to my failing bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever bumped into someone who was like super famous? Yeah. yeah, all the time. Yeah. I've never hit on them. Oh, me either. I've never even asked for an autograph. Like, I feel so awkward asking for stuff like that. So I would never ask anyone for their autograph. But I don't. I just like having the story of talking to them. And the way to talk to be famous people longer is to just act normal. And they will talk to you. Yeah. Like normal people. And that's fun. But so she buys the book. She leaves. His employee comes back. And he's like, you'll never believe who's just in here. And he's like, I once saw Ringo Starr. Or it may have been Topol from Fiddler. And like, I had multiple coworkers like that who just were so excited to see famous people, but could not recognize them if their life depended on it. <laughs> that is me in Nashville because there's a lot of country people here. So I'll yeah, be at a right. restaurant and there'll be people like asking for autographs at the table next to me. And I'll just be like, I have no idea who that old man is. Oh, this was way worse. So I had a coworker who was obsessed with fame. I think has fake face blindness because more than once walked past an actual famous person to ask a random civilian if they were a famous person that they didn't even look like. Case in point, one time while Drew Barrymore was in the store, he walked up to a just a random Asian man and was just like, oh my God, Ken Jeong. And that guy was like, I'm just shopping here. Like, I'm not. <laughs> You're oh. like, I don't. This could be racist, I think. Super. Uh, and then another occasion, same employee walked past Rob Schneider to talk to. I get that, though. A, a, an African-American woman that he was like, are you Jaden Smith? And she was like, I am a woman. Uh, so no. Also, I'm an adult woman. And at the time, Jaden Smith was just a teenager. Like in Karate Kid or some shit? Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and he was like, I'm so sorry. And then walked back past Rob Schneider. I get that, though. Who watched the whole thing happen and literally just said, hey. And I was like, don't. Rob. Don't do it, Rob. <laughs> yeah. And then Rob Schneider bought his shit and then left. And everyone was like, do you see Rob Schneider? And that employee was like, Rob Schneider was here? And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. You walked past him. It was so I was on the floor. I, I felt so bad. I think we gave I think we gave that the woman that he thought was Jaden Smith a deep discount <laughs> to be like, I'm so sorry about that. I'm so him. sorry our employee is. Maybe racist. <laughs> Maybe racist, but also just weird. Faceline, um, at least. <laughs> something. And I did tell that person, I was like, hey, if you ever see celebrities, just play it cool. Because they would come in all the time. Like, it was frequent. I mean, right. you're in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, you're in L.A. It happens. It's like us with country music stars. Yes. Uh, and so Kristen Wiig came in. Uh, we start ringing her up. And the girl behind the counter looks at her and she's like, God, you look so much like that lady. Uh, <laughs> I bet she was like, I get that a lot. She's on TV. She, she did. She yeah, was like, I knew it. Oh, I yeah. hear that a lot. She's like, it's just my face. I don't know. I just look like her. Yeah, someone out there that looks like this must be super yes. famous. I got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, I don't know. And then the girl at the cash register turns to me 
standing there and it's just like doesn't she look like her like that that woman from snl i was like no i have no idea what you're talking about no. and i just like kept scanning i like played it i was like no i don't What's know snl snl <laughs> i only watch real shows <laughs> we let her out the back door so we could load stuff into her car and we like load stuff up and i'm just like all right have a good day Kristen. and she was just like Thanks for that. I was like, anytime. And then I walk back into the store and that cash register girl is like on her phone. Like and she's like, it was her. And I was like, yeah, you idiot. Like, don't shout it to other people in the store. I know, right? like, what's wrong with you? I think one of the reasons a lot of celebrities like Nashville is because at least until recently, we would leave them alone. Like, yeah, I, a buddy of mine was at Subway and bumped into Brad Whitford, who was the rhythm guitarist for uh, Aerosmith. He dropped his sub. Like, he literally didn't know it was him until he bumped into him. He dropped his sub at Subway, and Brad apologized and was like, let me get you another sub. And so, like, this... Now that you've enhanced the flavor of this sub by <laughs> adding floor to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Brad, but... But like the rhythm guitarist for Aerosmith offered to buy my friend another sandwich and then did. And we talked to him for like three minutes, but no one acknowledged who he was. Yeah, like, Todd, I think it's funny that you think a lot of people would know what the rhythm guitarist from yeah, Aerosmith I'm looks like. like. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't I, pick I him better. out of a lineup if I tried. Uh, I was behind the snack line in the movies with Nicole Kidman and her daughter. And then her daughter wanted sour snacks. And then she was like, no, just get regular fruit snacks. And I was like, oh, come on. You don't like fruit. You don't let her get sour snacks, and I got a dirty look from Nicole Kidman, and that's my celeb story. <laughs> Yours is way better than mine, but Brad was super nice to us. <laughs> was it an AMC theater? No, it was a re it was oh! the Regal. This is before. Oh, this is many years ago. This is many years ago. Oh, somebody get AMC that. cops on the phone. This was before the whole COVID AMC stuff. Okay, sure. this was before that. Of course it was, <laughs> allegedly, or whatever. I don't go to Regal anymore because I switched to Pepsi-only products. Same! Oh, yeah, same. There's only one Pepsi product that I will go in for, and that's Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah. And they don't serve Diet Mountain Dew at that Regal at the Regal Cinemas. No, they do not. <laughs> so I just stopped going. I will drive further out of town to go to the movies to drink a soda that I like. I, I understand, and I respect you, and I hold space for you. Uh, <laughs> what's what's the, what's the craziest famous person or the favorite famous person that you guys have ever met? Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Because I've been a big fan of Ghostbusters since I was a child. He had the thing on at the Comic-Con. Yeah. And I paid for the photo. And then, like, I shook his hand. And I had, like, the whole, like, my, I was like, I had I had the whole Starstruck stuff, which I never get with, like, anyone. I was like, I really like the Ghostbusters. So I was going up. And I was just like, he's like, I really appreciate He, like, he sat and talked to me for a little bit because I was like, <laughs> that's so that honestly is adorable though i don't know I, I i think a lot of people would say like for me it was brett michaels and he was super nice but the most fun i had was was buck cherry yeah those guys are insanely hilarious people my dad ended up on a plane with flavor Flav one time and what? i think that has to be his favorite <laughs> I, vaguely, I think i may have heard this story but it may have been from your dad directly at that I dinner he took I us to so. mikey he, he he was like flying coach or something too but Flavor Flav had to hang up his fur coat on the back of the seat in front of him <laughs> and then they, they let him do the plane announcement oh my god that's I, amazing that's one of the best I've ever heard I think for me it's gotta be Carl Weathers was great I, I loved meeting Carl yeah. Weathers because he was super fucking nice and we talked for like half an hour and that was dope uh, but I've also met Joe Manganiello at the height of True Blood fame I can't I oh. I nearly fainted. Him? Yeah. <laughs> no, I thankfully 
don't get starstruck too often because I we constantly saw famous people, right? Yeah. Uh, the only times I've gotten like legitimately starstruck was Edgar Wright. And I've met Edgar Wright like four times, never gotten out a full sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Edgar, if you're listening, she's a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan and I every time I try to say hi I'm a fan I end up with like uh and then I end up talking to Jason Schwartzman for 20 like 10 minutes instead uh, but <laughs> but yeah no Carl Weathers probably the best he was he was super cool and his hands are huge he's also just like a big dude in general but his hands were massive well and there's this one time Jennifer Lawrence came into town and fell in love with me and then like left me three weeks later oh like, was that when you were running your sick dad's Christmas tree farm <laughs> <laughs> when you when, when you were a cadet at Santa boot camp, <laughs> we should really get back into Notting Hill. But this has been a, a fun diversion about people that I met that I thought were famous that apparently aren't that famous. I, I I'm just telling you, Todd. He's in Aerosmith. I get it, and I've listened to a lot of Aerosmith. Couldn't tell you what he looks like. I can That's pretty fair. much only identify Steven Tyler. <laughs> I'm just too terrible at names to talk to celebrities in public. Like, I'd be like, oh, it's Peter Papa Boo's. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I love your film. Famke Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I would. I would love for us to be super famous, where we could do like a a screening of Remember Me and have Robert Pattinson be there. Oh man, <laughs> oh, I I will only do that if you are forced to introduce him in front of a live studio <laughs> audience. He is also an exceptionally weird human being. I feel like he's weird enough where it could like circle around. He'd be like, "Yes, I will do this," and I'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> Here's the thing. I think you're not wrong. I think that's something crazy he would do, but I don't think we could count on him to stay the whole time. Or actually like, show I, why up. Would for I? Or actually show up. I no. could see him agreeing and then just like totally bailing. I would want him only to show up at the end when it starts to zoom out. I want him to go up on stage <laughs> and stand there. Because he's got. Did you ever read that crazy interview he gave where he microwaves foil in the middle of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I read anything like that? Because it's amazing. <laughs> uh, it's really fun. Anyway. Yeah. So he doesn't tell his friend uh, that he saw Julia Roberts. He's just like, he won't get it. He because he doesn't recognize anybody. Yeah. So he leaves to get an orange juice. We find, we kind of find out later that that guy can't recognize celebrities anyway. I mean, he may as well have said, I don't know. I think I saw Ringo, but it, it might also just been Mr. Conductor from Thomas the Train Engine. So who the fuck knows? Like, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he just doesn't know. He, I don't know. You mean George Carlin? <laughs> His interaction with Anna Scott at the end is so like wholesomely funny to me. I, I yes. love his character a lot. He's great. Uh, so Hugh Grant goes out to get the next round of coffees uh, and an orange juice for his employee. Yeah. And as he's walking back to the store, he bumps into Julia Roberts. He spills the orange juice all over both of them. And he's like, I am so sorry, but my house is right here. I can help you get cleaned up. I don't know why she goes back to his home. That is a recipe to be kidnapped into a basement. Oh, I honestly think had this been their first interaction, she wouldn't have. She wouldn't have gone. I think yeah. it's because he like treated her in a very respectful, normal way when she was in the store that she was like 
more trusting. But I, I do think if you just bumped into a movie star and were like, hey, would you mind going with me to a second location? Every time they're going to say no, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, case in point, I was at a thing two weekends ago uh, with a famous person and we had been talking and they needed to send me something and they were like, I'll just text it to you because you don't seem weird. And then someone else around them was like, oh, can I get your phone number? And they were just like, no. they pretended not to hear yeah. them. <laughs> it, was, it was really, I was like, oh, cool. Uh, thanks for thinking I was normal. Yeah, thanks, Mr. Cruz. And I have not texted, <laughs> yeah, I have not texted that person. <laughs> I think that's why I do well in the podcasting well, because I'm just like this dumb idiot who like, I'm like, they're like, have you heard of me? I'm like, no. Mikey would 100% be the guy <laughs> at his sister's birthday party that showed up and just fully did not know who she was. Even so much as to be like, oh, really? What kind of what kind of acting do you do? Oh, films. Oh, and it's really hard to make a living as an actor, right? Like, how much do you make? Like, all of those <laughs> yeah. are questions Mikey would ask at a party. Every time we get guests on the podcast, I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and you two explain it to me. And I'm like, they seem really nice. I listened to their thing. But I would be the person like, I loved you in ghost and they were like i wasn't in ghost and i'd be like god dang it (laughs) (laughs) so funny oh god anyway she does go back to his house changes and he's freaking out like he's just wandering around trying to clean up it's too late she's like it's too late (laughs) he literally offers her everything in his fridge to not leave yeah like uh, apricots and honey i mean they mostly just taste like honey at that point (laughs) he he does such a wonderful job of being awkwardly charming because he is just awkward but it's charming like i don't know what else to call it yeah but she eventually is like okay well I have to go about my day, so I'm going to leave now. Also, I need to leave and make sure you don't wear my skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. yeah. Hugh Grant is majorly Hugh Granting in this film. Yes. Like, this is- yes. It's it's proto-Hugh Grant. It's the most Hugh Grant he's ever been. Yeah. Yes. So as she's leaving, he he's like, uh, you're welcome and also you're heavenly, which is yeah. a great, great line. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just saying it now because that book is terrible so you'll definitely never be back to my failing bookstore you're also the first customer we've had in months so it won't be here very long right Uh, (laughs) except for the guy who doesn't understand the type of bookstore it is who's like do you've got you got dickens no how about the new john grisham then that is not a customer you don't qualify as a customer until you buy a book (laughs) that is a guy who's doing a bit about how (laughs) shitty his store is (laughs) i love it so much he walks in and like hey do you have any books that possibly Possibly anyone would want to read. No? Okay, I'll come back in a week and remind you you should get some. See ya. Like that is that is what that guy is doing. But what if you live next door? I would stop and be like, do you have any books I'd actually like to read today? And they'd be like, no, that like, guy is doing. Like, I do I, think he I comes would do back. that. He literally comes back when Julia Roberts is Roberts is there at the end. A year and later. He, yeah. Like he is doing a bit. Here'd be my bit. I would walk into that bookstore and be like, hey, do you have any travel guides for actual bookstores this week? <laughs> <laughs> I do love that the next time we see him, Hugh Grant is just like, out. Yes. Get out. Get out. I'm not doing it I today. I don't have time for your shtick today. Yes. Uh, anyway, so he hears Spike coming home. So he's like, you got to go. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Spike is the worst is more or less what he says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, it was nice to meet you. Surreal, but, but nice. nice. Or I'm sorry. She leaves. She forgets her bag. She comes back in. Yeah. She kisses him. And then we hear the flatmate come in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It is in that order. You're right. He's the worst. And he just breezes past 
them. <laughs> Doesn't recognize who she is. At all. And just says, I've got a story that'll make your balls shrink to the size of raisins. <laughs> just walks out of the room. When, that, when he said that, I was like, oh, damn, I guess the day didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she didn't want to fancy a fuck. She didn't fancy a fuck. He's also dressed completely differently. Yes. Like, it is the same day he has somehow come home with different clothes in the span of an hour. <laughs> I think the date went very badly and he came back and changed. Like, I, I think that's what happened. I don't want to defend him, but let's talk about this. I had a, uh, my program turned two years old. And we had a, yeah, they set up a presser event. Yes. Okay. I made the mistake of going to lunch beforehand. Oh no. Did mm-hmm. you spill something on your shirt? hundred percent. I spilled coffee all over my shirt. Oh my God, Mikey. I knew it. Do you know what I did? I went to men's warehouse and I bought a purple shirt and they steamed it at the thing and I oh. put it on at the thing and then I ran back to the thing. And I wore a different shirt that I left the house in that night. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, but that would take longer than the time that this person has been out of the house. <laughs> yes. And that's the funnier part to me. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, where did he get the new t-shirt? Because And we see him wearing it. And it's a woman's three-quarter sleeve. Yes. Like Henley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I honestly think he went. She immediately saw that he hasn't bathed in a month. So she was like, <laughs> this isn't going to work. So he walked back and changed. Like, I think it was like literally the date took 20 seconds 20 seconds anyway uh julie roberts leaves and is like please don't tell anybody about this okay goodbye yeah spike comes around the corner and he's like there's something wrong with this yogurt he's like that's not yogurt that's mayonnaise and he's like great and then continues to eat it (laughs) and it makes me gag every time just thinking about mikey if jennifer lawrence showed up at a farmer's market you guys connected she came back to your house and kissed you and asked you not to tell anybody other than the people on the zoom call right now (laughs) immediately telling us (laughs) would you tell anybody else absolutely i think i would tell my mom yeah i get that mainly because she would be the only one who believed me (laughs) because my mom knows i can score that high you know what i'm saying well i I, I think I think I think it takes a mother's love to believe borderline delusions, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> you two would not believe me if I said, "Hey, I met Jennifer Lawrence at a farmer's market. She came back to my house." No, we'd be like, "Some blonde woman yes. kissed you, and <laughs> yes, you yes. thought it was Jennifer Lawrence." Yeah. Uh, yeah, like if Henry Cavill just like showed up and kissed me, I would tell my close friends and family. Most of whom would probably not believe me, but I wouldn't like go tell the press, you know, or whatever. Right. I wouldn't do that. I would just tell the people around me who'd be like, wild story. Remember that time she met Carl Weathers? Like that. <laughs> she did talk a lot about how big his hands were. So maybe it was They're more than mad. just kissing. He's so cute. His hands are so huge. <laughs> He's super nice. No, no one would ever believe that I would make out with a celebrity. But Jennifer, if you're out there, Mikey <laughs> I think he's is married with a single. kid now. Oh, I, I don't know. T Swift is also single now, and we live in the same town. Oh, they finally broke up. That's right. She does have good teeth. I like her for you. I really do. And honestly, even more than that, I like you for her because she needs a nice, stable, calming person in her life, and that is what you are. There's, I think, either way it goes, it's good because, like, if you make it. And I marry T-Swift and stay together forever. Like, what a life. But also, if yeah. we break up... You get a song about you. We get a song. And, you, yeah. and we could... There's yeah. no way she's not mentioning podcast in the lyrics of the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's a win. And listen, yep. Taylor, if you're out there, Mikey's single. Ball's in your court. Anyway, we cut to later. And he and Spike are watching uh, a, vid- a movie with her in it. And Spike just says, can you believe that somewhere on this earth there's a man who's allowed to kiss her? 
And it's like, oh, he doesn't know that like yeah. earlier today it was Hugh Grant. Literally earlier. It's the same day. Like <laughs> I, I also said if I was writing this show or this movie, I would have put her in a crazy like vampire shit like a crazy genre <laughs> tv <laughs> shit like star trek or some shit i mean the helix the movie she's promoting is like yes, a space exactly. something or other so like it, Love they it. sort of go in that lane although it's more she wins an oscar for it so i'm sure it was more like serious or whatever but yeah, yeah. well it's it's black and white and they're in a gallery and he's like smile and she's like i've got nothing to smile about <laughs> like, all right but it would be funny to see her like do a movie where it's like underworld or some shit i've never seen underworld but like i that's I've seen exactly the what i was thinking yeah, Todd, yeah, yeah, something basically like that. underworld like, yeah, yeah. So, so funny, funny. anyway we cut to the next day and he's like seeing her face on a bus and he's like yeah. pining over her. He comes home. Spike is wearing his scuba gear because he has no clean clothes. Vicious circle. <laughs> I love that he's wearing the mask like the when goggles, he's reading the, the paper. prescription <laughs> yeah. goggles. Yeah. And then like at the like very end of this like scene we see and I'm sure you'll talk about Paige. He pulls it down while he's smoking and blows the smoke out of his nose and like yes. you see the mask fill up with smoke. It's so fucking funny. But we find out from Spike that he that Anna called a couple days ago and he never told Hugh Grant about yes. it. That would piss me off. Well, because you could have spent like three or four days together, not just mm -hmm. one day or whatever, you know? Or whatever, or, or found a day when it wasn't what's going to happen, you know, the yeah. press junket and everything. Because he does call. She's like, okay, I've got some time. And he has to like guess her name because she uses cartoon names. It's well, Flintstone. No, Spike, Spike remembers. He's like, try Flintstone. Yeah. And that's what right. gets him through. So yeah, Spike does come through in a pinch, which I think foreshadows when he does again later when he helps them through traffic. Sure, but he does. He <laughs> did all, is also responsible for them breaking up at one point. Yeah, I mean, he is not, not a villain sort of in this yeah. movie, but I yeah. think he's like a good natured person who was also like oblivious to the world around him. I don't think it's malicious that he's a villain yeah. is, is my point, I guess. Sure. Uh, so he shows up at the hotel along with another guy and he's like, wait, are you going here too? Because I think he thought he was just there to see her. Yeah. But it is a press junket and someone immediately is like, what'd you think of the film? And the guy says, well, it was kind of like Jules Verne meets and he's like, oh yeah, uh, that. Yeah, I thought it was that exactly is what he says that more exactly. or less. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And they're like, what, what magazines are you from? And the other guy's from Time Out, which is a very famous magazine. And then he's from, and he just like looks down at the table at the magazines they have and he just says, horse and hound. <laughs> <laughs> and it literally is just the top magazine on the table he was looking at. Like, that's why yes. he said that. But I love how that like shows up throughout the movie as well like yes. it becomes because of what happens at this like little press junket thing it becomes like a bit in their relationship that they then like yes. use with each other I love when movies include things like that that like is a very right. real component yeah. of an actual relationship where it's like this is a joke that only Natalie will get or only Jake will get or right. only whoever Mikey ends up with yeah, gets. Your, your, your relationship bits yeah I, I love that this includes that and they share them so publicly I think it's so funny Yes. So he gets let in. He's like, my name is, you know, William Thacker. I think she might be expecting me. So they take him in. They have five minutes. And he's like, I'm so sorry. It's my flatmate's an idiot. And, and she's like, don't worry. You know, like it happens. And she is dressed in a full suit with a tie. Yes. I just have to say this because it's awesome. I it love, is awesome. I love the way they, they dressed her like this. And her hair is like pulled back. Because this to me is like the flip of Pretty Woman, where she is now like the Richard gear character 
And mm. I think in this scene, they really like use that sort of like business suit, powerful dynamic where it's her this time being that. And I sort of dug it. Mm. I was like, hell yeah. Anyway, so her security comes back in and he, he's like, okay, so ask your questions. And he's like, um, have you thought about having more horses in the movie? I don't think that guy is security. I think he's the manager because he's the guy at the end of the press conference that's like directing traffic with the oh, photographers. Yeah. And, uh, so I thought I think he was he's security the because... I thought the other lady was the manager, but you're right. I thought she was like a personal assistant. She might be. Yes. Which, which means at the end of the movie when they're all sitting up there and Julia Roberts is like, oh, I'm now going to stay here indefinitely. Spoiler alert. That yeah. that PA is either getting fired in the moment live or <laughs> having to move to London with her. Okay. So spoil. I, I have some insight here. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. For, first of all, that PA was British. So it's very likely that they already live there. Okay. So maybe she has like a personal assistant for the US and one for the. Some people do. I mean, yeah. she is like. The highest echelon of A-list actor So like sure I'd buy that And she's constantly in the UK Yeah for work So Julia Roberts is like I'm sorry for kissing you I don't know what came over me I just needed to like This is damage control <laughs> basically Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been the uh, the receiving end of this conversation A couple of times Yeah mm-hmm. Same. I don't know what came over me. You were like really nice and charming that one night, and then like now, like but you're like you're you, and you're like, oh, this is hmm. yeah. this is a very painful conversation for me. <laughs> so yeah. uh, thanks a bunch. <laughs> so like they're having this very real conversation, and like the manager guy keeps coming back in, and he has to keep asking like these equestrian related questions about the movie, <laughs> even though the movie's set in space, which is great. I, I do love that every time he has to come up with a question, that she just sits there like. Yeah, you're going to have to make up a question that makes sense. <laughs> and she like seems to be really enjoying like watching him struggle to play this bit and it's so funny to me. I just love improv in a way that like I love these types of situations. In situations where there are very low stakes, I love chaos. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the the worst case situation is just them cluing the manager in on what happened, which I'm sure he wouldn't give a shit about, you know? Like Yeah, oh, he'd be like, "Oh, this is the guy?" Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is just a fun little bit, you know, like, I don't know. It just makes me feel like they, the two of them are a very close couple very quickly. And I like that a lot. I mean, witnessing or participating in chaos as a way of bonding people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I've had these kind of moments with people, you know, I mean, I've dated someone who, when I first met them, they were on a date with a good friend of mine. And I was just like, oh shit, we have really good chemistry. This sucks. I'm going to have to avoid this person. Yeah. (laughs) And then that they broke up like a month later and I was like, I'm going to have to DM someone on Instagram pretty soon. <laughs> he does tell her that she is Horse and Hound's favorite actress. Yes. Well, tied <laughs> with, with Black Beauty. Yeah. Which is great. Anyway, so they agree to rush him through the other others. So he has to interview everyone else in the movie, which is so funny to me. That's the best part. There is a very sweet moment between the, our two main characters here where like he was about to get up and kiss her again. Yes. Because he was like, I, I, I know how these things end. Like this is a dream. I've only got one less. shot, one opportunity. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> so, and he's about to get up and go kiss her because of that sweet conversation they're having. And then the manager walks in, he has to ask another question and then just, they sort of shake hands and leave. Right. And then that's when the personal assistant it comes out and is like, oh, let's speed through the other ones. And then he has to interview 
everyone else that was in the movie. Yes. Which I found very, very funny that he had to interview the, like he's not seen the movie. He doesn't even know who these people are. The line about Leonardo DiCaprio made me chuckle. <laughs> it was your favorite Italian director. Yeah. It's, it's so, <laughs> it was so funny. It's so of the time. And it's because Misha Barton too. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so of the time because like at that time it was 99, like Leonardo DiCaprio was definitely famous, but he wasn't like a household, household name where like you could see how someone who was just clueless about what the kids are into wouldn't know who he was wouldn't realize that she's probably his future girlfriend <laughs> no she'd be too old at this point <laughs> yeah I was, I was like yeah but only until she was 25 exactly and yeah then, yeah no this longer. movie's so old that he would have broken up with her already yeah yeah yeah, yeah actually yeah, yeah, yeah. this movie's 25 years old <gasps> this movie's too old to date <laughs> like Anyway, so uh, they pull him back in. So we get some time alone with her. And she's like, hey, I canceled the thing I'm doing. Let's go to dinner. He's like, ah, it's my sister's birthday. And she's like, cool, I'll be your date. And he's like, really? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) Well, because he offers to like, I'll get out of it. She will understand, you know? And I fully believe she would because of- (laughs) 100%. I love his sister so much. She's amazing. But- If my sister called me and was like, I can't come to your birthday because I'm at dinner with Carl Weathers, I'd be like, invite me to dinner with Carl Weathers. (laughs) His hands are big enough for the both of us. They're so large. (laughs) They can hold so many presents. If I've heard Paige say anything, it's that- Fingers are the shoulders of the hands. <laughs> I did like that she was like, no, I'll just be your date. I'd, I'd love to go and meet your family or whatever. Because this is like their first date. Like that would yeah. be a weird first date unless that's how you met your current husband, right? I was going to say that is how I met my current husband. <laughs> I, I wrote this in my notes. I was like, I think this is somewhat similar to yeah, how yeah, yeah. like Jake's and Paige's story. Yeah, well, we, we had a date scheduled and I had a date dinner with my parents scheduled so that I had a clean out of the date if I didn't want to continue on the date yeah and at the end of the date I was like hey I like you this is going well but I did schedule this thing just in case you were a creep uh so (laughs) you can either go with me or not and and like no hard feelings either way but if you want to continue hanging out with me today, this is what's happening, yeah. basically. But I'm giving you the choice because I understand that that is a jump. And he was like, no, let's go. And we went to a place called Campo de Bocci where you play bocce ball and eat Italian food. Bro, I, I love that story for you so much because it's sort of a risk. It's a first date. Like you like this person but barely know this person and it's also like vulnerable like hey i'm super into you let's keep Mm -hmm. this going or whatever also do you mind meeting my parents (laughs) right (laughs) and then to have someone be like yes and where are we going to that (laughs) where are we going that is i i I mean that's the moment i was (laughs) like i get why you're married like that is a i might marry this person moment like right yeah right because you're like well hard parts out of the way Uh, (laughs) but they do this too in a sense like they this isn't their first meeting or first date i guess um but they do go to this like family event together which i I loved yes and he does preface it by saying that his friend is the worst cook in the world which is (laughs) hilarious to me because they have a friend 
Who's a chef? <laughs> he wasn't invited. And also, I think we find out, isn't a great chef. Like, I think there's a reason. That restaurant closed down. Okay. Okay. Hear me out. What if they were supposed to be the same character? <gasps> Who? Who? <What> the- <laughs> oh, the, the guy? The architect chef guy that we only see at the very mm-hmm. beginning, at the very end of this movie. Mm-hmm. And the guy who married his former girlfriend, best friend. Yep. Why would they split them up? I don't think they should have. I think it makes more sense for them to be the same person. I, controversial opinion, think they are the same person. One is Tyler Durden and one is... <laughs> Tony the architect. Oh yeah. Tony the architect. I agree, Paige. You could have short you could have squeezed those two characters together, not lost one damn thing except for a lot of runtime. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, they come to the door and and as they walk in, his friend in the wheelchair, who I don't remember her name. I don't remember anybody else's name. Yeah, I have that problem in Richard Curtis movies as well. Yeah. But uh his friend in the wheelchair is basically just like, Oh, good lord, you look just like and she's like, Hi, this is Anna, and she's like that is you. Uh, great. Have wine. Uh, what? <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah. And then his sister shows up and she does something that happens to me a lot. And I know that people always mean well, but it does make you feel creepy for a moment <laughs> where they're like, I'm pretty sure we could be best friends. And I'm like, I don't know anything about you. I'm so sorry. Like, this is not, I know this is coming from a place of love and kindness. I accept that. I just don't know anything about you. So I'm at a disadvantage. I'm so sorry. I think it happens to, I I don't know. This is going to sound crazy. I think it probably happens to like podcasters more than like, because we are not like famous, famous, you know, No. but like I've had people come to me and say that too. And I think it's largely just because of the parasocial relationship that grows between a podcaster and their audience. Because you listen to us talk all the time. Exactly. And like we share a lot of like personal stuff that you don't get with like actors or like that kind of thing. Right. right? Like how big Carl Weathers' hands are. Or that Mikey's packing a vitamin water type situation, you know? Like that kind of stuff you just don't get. Anyway, so like I understand why that happens to us more. But it is sort of a weird experience to be on this side of it because... I understand why you feel that way, but I don't feel that way. You know, like I don't know you, unfortunately. Well, and it's not because I don't like you or that you're not worthy or anything. I just don't know you. (laughs) This is the only reason. I will fully grant the premise that they might be right. Like you might. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. Like I I haven't listened to your podcast, you know, like or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I don't have hours and hours of information about your life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't even remember stuff I say, much less other people. (laughs) I find that so easy to believe, Mikey. Well, like, okay, (laughs) like if I date somebody or like I talk to somebody and they're like, oh, like I feel like I know you from the podcast. I'm like, that's like a version of me. Yeah. That's edit. Like Todd edits that. As well, yeah, but I like, don't like edit things in, you know. No, <laughs> like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a it's a bad thing. I'm saying uh, that is a very polished caricature of who I am. If it makes sense. Thank you for saying polished. I appreciate that. Uh, he meant Polish. He just mispronounces things. <laughs> caricature. I, I I also love this very thoughtful critique for a podcast. You've never listened to <laughs> uh, No I've not listened to it But I've been in all of the recordings Almost But like But, like, <laughs> but I mean I'm just like Like we're trying to be funny Like we're telling funny answers yeah, We're not yes. like 100% vulnerable all the time We're not like we're not being our, our, our we're being authentic, but not like I've shared some stuff on the podcast. I, I haven't even talked. I hadn't even talked about in therapy yet at that point. 
Because I have unhealthy boundaries. That's like your own deal. So how do cold weather's hands make you feel? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it makes me feel weird when people think they know me. And I'm like, yes. And I think that's sort of what is going on in the scene, too. Like, Julia Roberts, although she handles it so well, you can see she's also like, oh, my God, your sister is a lot in this moment. (laughs) Well, and and here's what's what's funny. I do think she and the sister do become friends (laughs) later on. Me, too. Which... Is a perfect illustration of like sometimes that belief is not wrong. Yeah. Like you might be right, but in that moment, no. <laughs> like it's gonna take time. Yeah. <laughs> but to build an actual relationship between the two of you. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But I do love in the scene, she's like, Oh, I've always thought we'd be best friends. Oh, you should marry my brother, then we can be sisters. <laughs> like, yeah. in the, <laughs> like, this in is like, a lot. It's just like the very first time meeting a very famous person to be that unhinged. I loved it as a swing for her character. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I do love that his friend is like, have you slept with her yet? And he says, no comment. He says, that means yes. And he's like, no, it doesn't. He says, do you masturbate? No comment. But they hadn't slept together yet, right? They had not. Yeah. So he yeah. is just being a classy dude. But no comment does typically mean yes. Typically so like, I yes. get why he was saying that. I say I do not recall. You'd recall, though, if like if you had met Jennifer Lawrence at a farmer's market or whatever, and she was like, hey, let's go back to your place. And you would have had sex with her. You'd remember, though. Uh, I do not recall, Your Honor. <laughs> Uh, so their other friend Bernie who is a terrible stockbroker and I don't mean terrible as an evil I mean terrible as in, in bad at his job he could be actually I think he's probably the only good stockbroker because he's terrible because at his job because he's terrible yeah. at his job <laughs> um, but he comes in and doesn't recognize her at all and is like what do you do and she's like acting and he's like oh uh, brutal wage and he's just ta- <laughs> like he thinks she means like oh I do plays sometimes uh, and eventually it's just like how's the paid movies 15 million that's that's good that's really that's good that's really yeah. good but Paige yeah. like he's in London you're in LA like I even see he oh, get yeah. this here in Nashville like I'll run into like people who say they're a musician here and they are yeah but they also work at Starbucks you know like yes so I get like what I, I get what why he's like a little clueless because he doesn't connect 100. who she is he should connect who she is but <laughs> it's the reaction of anyone I say I co-host the podcast too. yes yes honestly though fair i get it like not everyone's in films everyone has a podcast you know what i'm saying but in this scene where he's like asking her how much she makes it's wild to me that when she says 15 million dollars <laughs> he doesn't immediately put it together like oh you look a lot like anna scott are you anna scott like that's that's what i would yeah. say but like he still doesn't put it together but later when he face blindness i do think it is that because later they say her name and she's like oh and he's like, oh, my God, that, that was Anna Scott. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm an idiot. And he is because when she said $15 million, that is the equivalent of $27.3 million. That's today. one of the most well-paid actresses in the world at yeah. that time. And, yes. And, well, and would have yeah. been and almost $30 million now would be one of the highest paid yes. actor of all time. Like if that was your quote. You're still the best paid actor, you know? Yeah, you're like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's how famous you would be to get People that much money. People do look differently. They do. Not, they not do. dressed up and stuff. It's just like if you bring a girl home and then like then you see them without makeup and everything and you're and you're like, "Oh, you're so pretty." Aww. Nice save, Mikey. But I mean, famous people, especially out in the world without makeup and without red carpet, everything absolutely do look very different. And that's how a lot of them get through. So like Megan Fox is one of my customers uh, when I worked at the Grove and she could just walk through the store and people didn't know it was her. And it was 
wild because people would be standing right next to her and not notice her. Wait, was this that one employee who also didn't notice? Like, okay, no, no, no. Okay, this was customers. Okay, so at this point, everyone's like, "What the fuck is he doing at this party with a a movie star?" And she goes to the bathroom. His sister accidentally walks in with her. Well, (laughs) she 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 leaves the scene to like show her where it is, right? And then they're like, oh, my God, why is Anna Scott here? And Hugh is starting to explain. And then the sister runs back in and was like, oh, my God, I just like followed her into the bathroom. She had to ask me to leave. Yes. (laughs) It's so funny. Being being a famous person is a lot of getting comfortable with asking people to leave. (laughs) (laughs) And they they get really good at it. But they're just like, that's great. Thank you. If I need you, I'll let you know. But for right now, I need to be alone. (laughs) Like, thank you. Yeah. Hello, Todd. It's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. It's Todd. I need to tell you something. Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's We're going to table that. But <laughs> on that table is a delicious factor meal. Yes! What a transition! Oh my God, guys. This actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for factor meal. All remains of the pod. Heck yeah. We're going to table it. Delicious, already fresh made meals. Never frozen. It takes two minutes to warm up. Just like Mikey does. I have a busy schedule. I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I (laughs) have a problem with words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, (laughs) Ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say a factor equivalent meal for Natalie and I. And it was like $48. When it could have been way less with Factor. Yeah. And I, I struggle with proportions. And Factor comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re- ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used Factor meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with Factor. Except for right now, because <laughs> Factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 and use code romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's code romancingthepod50 at factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy-to-use app. And they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the ad. That was the I end know. of the ad. I'm, I'm still going. All right, Factor Meals. <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So they eat dinner and they start to have this game of like okay whose life is the worst and then that person gets the the last brownie yeah because there's like six of them at the dinner and there's seven slices of brownie or whatever you know there's one left over yeah so the host of the event is going to give away the brownie to the person who has the saddest life and this is serves to like sort of like roast the guy who's the stockbroker right where where they fat shame him despite him being a very normal sized person he is not (laughs) fat like he nope 
Yeah. Not at all. Whatever. Like, and, and the fact that she was like, and this is Hugh Grant's sister, not Julia Roberts, says, yeah. I fancy you, or I did until you got fat. I was like, oh, God. Like, everyone's so, so mean, mean to this guy. At the end yeah. of the movie, when they're like, no, you should have actually, like, we should go after her, that scene. And he's just like, man, it's nice, though. You know, someone saying they'd like to date you. Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, we need welfare checks for this man. Like, he, <laughs> he he leads such a sad life. I wish they didn't, like, I wish they, the movie, didn't treat this guy like he was unfucking lovable I feel so bad for him, the whole movie. Here, here's what's terrible. They do it to everybody, too, because, like, they, they do it to him. It's a good roast. This is a good roasting scene. Well, it starts off as a roast and then gets sort of, like, sad, like, actually Super sad. Super personal well, and sad. This is what happens when you roast too hard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> when roasting goes wrong goes wrong uh we do get to his sister who gives us a really upsetting detail that barely comes back later in a montage where she's just like i've got weird goggly eyes and i'm attracted to cruel men and you're like oh no yeah and then we see it later and i'm like oh no we didn't need this why is this here i think that's why julia roberts wants to become her friend eventually though and goes yeah. as far as to marry her brother to become her sister because julia roberts was like i also date cruel men just a heads up on yeah. Yeah, that's why we're best friends. <laughs> yeah, so we are best friends now. Now Julia's gonna make it real weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no! Um, but his friend in, in in a wheelchair is just like, uh, sucks to you guys. I'm in a wheelchair and we can't have a baby. So she just fully Debbie Downers it. I would be the one like awkwardly laughing, like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that feline AIDS is the number one killer of domestic cats? <laughs> Take note, Todd. Oh. We've already had them start prep. Like we, yeah, we got kitty no, prep. I would. Uh, I'm just saying, if you want to get rid of, if you want to get rid of a couple, I don't want to get rid of any of my animals. I love all of my animals, Mikey. Yeah, I know we're recording. I get it. I'm just saying you can cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> Have both of you seen the very famous SNL Debbie Downer sketch with Lindsay Lohan? Yes. <laughs> no, no. But I, I, I love it already. I know where it's going, and I uh, love it. Okay, yeah. So the theme it's just Rachel Dratch saying the worst things to upset everyone at a dinner party. And in this particular one, they're at Disney World having Mickey waffles. Oh. And they have not been able to keep a straight face the entire sketch. Everyone is broken. The entire table is laughing and sure. just like trying to hide it. And she just slams her fork down and just goes, it's official. I can't have children. And then everyone bursts out laughing and like they can't finish the sketch. And oh that's what this scene reminds me of. But everyone reacts, I think, appropriately for the scene because sure. everyone's like, but it is very clear. This is the first time they heard that information, except for her husband, who I think knew he, of course, knew. Yeah. He is looking at his wife in this scene and it's just With like, empathy it's and like his so yes. much broken, love yeah. and his heart's broken too and he just loves the shit out of his wife like it's little moments like that that I think you got to find someone who can actually do that acting wise yeah but it makes me really connect with characters we don't really get a lot of time with yeah but it makes me like love them and their story even though they really are only in this movie for like 15 minutes yeah and we we then move on to Hugh Grant and they basically roast Hugh Grant <laughs> for like 10 minutes yeah. in front of her and are just like he gets the brownie and she's like I don't get to try for the brownie and she basically is like, I've been on a diet since I was 19, so I've been hungry for a decade. Yeah. I've had bad boyfriends. One of them hit me. Uh, every time I break up with somebody, it's news. I've had two different plastic surgeries to make me look like this. And she touches her chin and her nose. Yeah, and her chin to and her signify nose. those. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, and eventually they'll discover that I can't act and I'll get old and I will fade into obscurity. And that's kind of sad. And they're just like, 
fuck, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. This is, yeah like, <laughs> like, I get that that is sad, but that's like a very one percenter kind of sad. So, like, we're going to go yeah. and keep the brownie. You could afford two surgeries <laughs> <laughs> in America. Yes. Like, that's nuts. Uh, anyway, so, like, I, I do love that they give the brownie to Hugh Grant, I guess. Yes. But they really should have given it to the lady in the wheelchair who can't have children. Like, like the worst thing they said about Hugh Grant is that they, his name in high school was floppy. That does not, like, that, that doesn't even come close to not being able to have kids. No, we're not going to reward her for high roading the roast. <laughs> we're not going to reward that behavior. <laughs> you know, when they got back to bed that night, she was like, I should have got that you fucking brownie. You should have given me that fucking brownie. You're, you owe me a brownie. Uh, we cut to, like, when outside after. Uh, Hugh Grant and Julie Roberts have left the party when we find out that she's only been in a wheelchair for 18 months I know I was just like first brutal. of all she's great at it fast learner but yeah. secondly brutal yeah <laughs> like, yeah like it's don't get me wrong it's brutal any old way but like honestly it's one of the healthiest dis- de- depictions of like uh someone with that kind of disability that I think I've seen in a film the only thing I wish is that they would have cast someone who actually who is, was who is in actually a, yeah. in a wheelchair Agreed. which yeah I do but think if 99? we did today yeah <laughs> if it happened today I think they would have same you know and I love the lady who plays this character I think she does an amazing job, but yeah, I agree. They probably would have cast someone who actually was in a wheelchair. Yeah. But I do love when they leave the house page, like right as the door closed, like you see them like, oh, oh my, my God, God what what? Just and then it cuts to outside <laughs> and it's like them hearing it through the door and then Hugh being like, yeah, I'm sorry. They do it every time I leave. I, I, I hate yeah, it. I hate uh, it. That's terrible. <laughs> I love the way he sort of like awkwardly diffuses situations. It's very cute. But this is when they, they're walking and he sort of explains what happened to the lady in the wheelchair and uh, all that stuff. And they have that really sweet moment where they like try and break into the garden. He slips trying to climb the fence. And, right. Like, Whoopsie daisies. Yeah. <laughs> I love that like exchange. She's like, I, I don't think anyone said that ever unless you were like, 50 years ago and had pigtail ringlets or whatever like right yeah it, it was just very cute well and, and ultimately they do break into the garden and they sit on the bench together well i think the reason she did this is because privacy yes exactly i think she was worried about the paparazzi because when he says do you want to come over she doesn't say yes or no she says too complicated yeah and i think she has to think about stuff like that because mm-hmm. her life is photographed her, her life is like monitored yes. wherever she goes you know yes yeah so i think that's why she breaks in because it's like a private garden and no one can see inside of it and that's why that's where she kisses him yes but it's also they this is where they find the bench dedicated to june who loved this garden from her husband joseph which makes me cry every time it's I very know. sad but it's very sweet mm-hmm. even when they, she just reads it not when we see them sitting on it at the yes. end i'm crying at the end too but like that just reading that is so fucking sweet it's yeah. Awesome. I love it. So we cut to the next day. They're going to the movies together. Uh, he can't find his glasses, so he has to wear the goggles. Yeah. We cut to them at dinner where they overhear people talking about her in a very derogatory way. Yeah. And he goes up to confront them. And they basically are just like, fuck off. And so then she comes back and is just like, hi, I think your dicks are all the size of peanuts. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like this moment for her, though, because it does do like, stun the guys, which I mean, of course it would. You were just being very shitty yeah. about a celebrity 
you know, like I get why guys think that they could get away with this, even though I will openly admit it's very, very shitty. But yes, to be held immediately accountable to the person you were like disparaging. I love this moment for her. Love it. And she's like, I shouldn't have done that. And he's like, no, that was brilliant. Yeah. And this is where they're like, OK, should we come upstairs? And they kind of plan it out where she's like, give me five minutes. So he goes up and who should answer the door but Alec Baldwin, her boyfriend who is back in town. Which he did not even know she had a boyfriend. This is like the part of the movie that like, yes, does seem just unnecessarily cruel to me. Yeah. Uh, from from Julia Roberts, not Alec Baldwin. I don't think Alec Baldwin's doing anything wrong other than just like not treating this person he assumes is like a concierge type person. Right. With a little bit more respect. I mean, he is just being a douchebag, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I think. <laughs> You know, the implication is that maybe he is not very nice to Julia Roberts. We get some right some hints at that later. Yeah. And yeah. later on, she does say, like, I didn't think I'd ever see him again. I thought this was like over, over. I didn't know. So I think it is maybe a break thing, but it's it's rough and he's there and it's like a whole thing. And so he pretends to be the room service guy, collects all the stuff and leaves. And then they don't talk about that basically like like they stop talking at this point yeah, he goes back to his life this is a what i would call reality gut punch to him yes and he handles it in such a fucking kind way he doesn't try and blow up her spot yeah he plays along with the bit that he is like a mater like a concierge or whatever and like <laughs> clears the plates out of the room and like it's brutal but like he handles it so well it's insane to me she doesn't like reach out to him like the next yeah. day or whatever i mean they do sort of talk at the door when alec leaves the room or whatever but like it's fucking brutal yeah and he he's we cut to him talking to his friends he's like I didn't know she had a boyfriend. They all knew because they read the tabloids. And yeah, stuff. And he was like, I didn't, re I didn't realize my life was going to be ruined because I don't read page seven or whatever. It wasn't right. page seven, but <laughs> I do six, love that podcast. Yeah. But yeah, but we cut through him going on a couple different dates. The first one, the fruititarian. That's the second one. The first one's even worse than the fruititarian man. The the, the curly haired woman who's like, let's get fucked up. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Tessa from the contracts department. <laughs> when she walks in and sees. The lady in the wheelchair and just goes, oh, you're in a wheelchair. <laughs> I lost my mind because so the way the lady in the wheelchair reacts to that is so funny because she's just like, yeah. And then she looks over at Hugh Grant and is like, good luck, buddy. And then she, like, and then she storms over to Hugh Grant and like shakes his hand and like, let's get fucked up. And then like Hugh Grant looks over at her like, God help me. It's such yeah, a funny no. scene. It's so funny. Don't you love when a date goes bad that quickly? I mean, it's been a while since you two have been on dates, but like if they're going to go bad, you want it to go bad in the first 20 seconds. Have you ever been on a date so bad so early that you were like, I'm going to ride this out and see where it goes? Every time. Yeah. Every time time yeah. when, the, when the when the uber stopped and she got out drunk i was like this is gonna be a show yeah oh, i've done it no. too Michael. it's fun anyway uh the second one is the fruititarian who yes. thinks cooking vegetables and fruits is cruel and but my favorite is like so these carrots have been murdered yes uh and it's like very brutal, fun brutal Br brutal. <laughs> brutal like what what can that person actually eat like nothing berries that have died and fallen off the vine like she lies because people will be like oh yeah these fruit definitely were dead before i got them here you go and then she'll be like yeah. thank you but i guess my point is dead fruit is rotten fruit like that would make you sick right no not if it's like freshly picked right apples fall off the tree because it's heavy enough that it pops yeah okay 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 
love fruits. But this last date that we see, he goes out with uh, Emily Mortimer, I believe is the name of the actress. It is. That is Mackenzie from the newsroom. I love her. She's a great, oh, great actress yeah. and is super underutilized in this film because what would happen in reality is Hugh Grant would start dating this woman. Yes. And then when Julia Roberts came back into his life, he would be like, no, I'm moving to San Diego. Please stop talking to me. Or he would terribly hurt her because he would immediately go back to Julia Roberts. Um, <laughs> because it's clear she's super into him. Like she's looking over to him at, at him during the dinner in like a very like, oh, I'm into this dude sort of way. And when they leave or when she leaves, she like kisses him on the cheek and she's like, I'd love to see you again. And he's like, yeah, this was great. Yeah. And after she leaves, he's like, she is perfect. But she's not my person, like right. is basically what he says. And he's like, you are lucky. You two are each other's people. And I have only loved twice and once broke my heart. And the other one was you and you married him. But clearly you should be together. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. He says that in a way that's not like you bastard. He's like, no, he's, yeah, like, he's happy. I, I was in love with you and you found your other person. And it just wasn't me. And they, yes. they like stayed friends. Yeah. I also think this whole speech is like a timing thing where he's really not ready to date because Julia Roberts hurt him and he's not being honest with himself. Yeah. I think that's, kind of what he's saying because he is saying like she's perfect but i'm not going to pursue her because, because she's not my person though. exactly i mean like that that's that's the, that's, that's where it that's breaks soulmate down. bullshit oh yeah, yeah like i but listen I, I understand why someone would phrase it that way yes because they're not ready to move on yet though you know right yeah i i think you may say that but the reality is you're not ready to move on well and eventually he gets there like we don't yeah julia roberts does not contact him again until he gets there like we're on the oh, journey no to no, no. That. she's about to contact oh, him again shit, right now shit i meant like in yeah sorry remember she does the same thing three times i forgot you're yeah. right yeah and, and for me cutting out one of them would cut the runtime of this movie and be enough yeah. but this next section is the one that i would keep because this is where most of the love story it is. is yeah yeah because she shows up at his door and is basically like i essentially what she says in this moment is i feel safe with you and that's why i came here which is yeah. sweet yeah yes i really love that she's doing that sociopath thing where she's acknowledging the way she's hurt you in the past yes and apologizing for it because she needs something from you in this moment. And I do love that he is very empathetic to her and is like, yeah, this is the place. Like, yeah. I understand why you wouldn't want to come here or you would be afraid to come here. But I am here for you and whatever you need. He is such a nice guy. Like, he's so good in this movie. Well, and and this sounds terrible. I do understand why she goes there. Me too. Yeah. I think she made the right call. Like, I, he I think so does too. try and protect her. He is helpful. Like, he is not trying to, he's like. He's non-judgmental. Yeah. He's yes. very supportive. And he, you know, he, he, he just wants to treat her like a regular person. Yeah. And, she gets uh, away from all that. Yeah, because what has happened is that someone found older pictures that she took, nude photos, and then also a video that went along with the photo shoot. So now it looks like a porn film. Yeah. And the tabloids have latched onto it and she is devastated. And if those were things that you didn't think would get out, like I understand how devastating that would be. And honestly... So many more people have nudes than you think. Everyone should just get way cooler about that. Like, please stop torturing people when it turns out that when they were super poor and waiting tables as an actor, they had to take a topless photo. Calm down. But that is more or less what happened to Julia Roberts in this in this movie. I yeah. also think technology has changed. But no, no, you're right, Mikey. Technology has changed. Like, I think now it's even worse. I'm just like, well. Because they'll just hack your phone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jennifer Lawrence goes to a farmer's market to fall in love with Mikey and some terrible dude is there who's like, 
like hacking her phone via Wi-Fi and steals. Like that's a whole different yeah. thing. Like that's yeah. a crime. She did have her nude stolen. No, I know. Like, but I wasn't there. I don't know how they did it. But like that is a. Oh, crime. I don't know how they did it. But I don't love her any less. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Mike. Yeah, of course you don't. I just wish she knew about you. But <laughs> Julia Roberts in this movie, it isn't a crime because she was being exploited because she was poor and she agreed to do this. Right. She just didn't think it would get out. Or, I mean, she may not have also thought she would be super fucking mega famous. Like, this is a time that when she is, was poor. I think it's more that. that yeah. I think it's the second one where I, I think a lot of people that this, this happens to, it's like, they were trying to make ends meet and at a time when they were not famous and could not even fathom that they would become famous. Yeah. And now it's here. And I think a lot of people maybe don't understand how brutal it is to try and live and exist in a place to try and get to that place to become famous. And a lot of people do a lot of shit that they probably wish they didn't have to, both nude and otherwise, Oh yeah, uh, to get to that place. And for people to be real dicks about it is real shitty. I also think because of, and this is terrible, but because it's common that nudes get leaked for whatever reason, yes. whether a phone gets hacked or whether an ex shares them when they shouldn't, like that kind of shit happens so much now, which is terrible, again, that a celebrity's nudes leaking is not like a super scandalous thing anymore. But in 99, it was especially huge. with the British press and tabloids, like that would be the worst time and place for that to happen for her, which is why, and she even mentioned, she's like, I'm only in London for two days and this is the fucking worst place for this kind of thing to happen. I just need a place yeah. to lay low for two days. And that's why he is like, this is the place this, you're staying here. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. You can sleep in my room. Like this is your place. And he's even like, can I get you tea? Do you want a bath? And she's like, a bath would be lovely yes and then it cuts to spike walking in on her he's looking at her pictures yeah so exactly so it cuts from like her talking about how damaging and like hurtful this is to her as a person like that scene ends with spike coming in the door and opening looking at the photos it's such a funny transition and then he like walks at the apartment to the bathroom and is about to go to the bathroom puts down the nude photos of her and then looks over at her in the tub and it's like, okay, I have to leave. He like backs out of the room and then stops and goes back in and gets a second look and was like, sorry, I just had to check and then closes the door again, which <laughs> I yes. understand because yep. I bet Spike is on drugs 100% of this movie. <laughs> so like, He may also have been like, am I hallucinating this or is she actually in the tub? Okay, she's in the tub. I'm going to leave now because it would be weird for me to stay. Right. I apologize. Yeah. I 100% get that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Spike walks in on her, quickly excuses himself. She gets out of the bath. And at first, like this seems very, it starts platonic where he's like helping her with her lines and the next movie she's going to be in sounds crazy. <laughs> I did sort of love that. I, although I do think this is a bit of a continuity error because when they're doing the like press junket earlier and he asks are there going to be any horses in your upcoming movie because the new mm -hmm. ones because he like takes place in space she's like no it's on a sub so i assumed that the the movie was going to be just the ocean gate movie uh, <laughs> that's well, going to be coming out in like six months to a year can't wait for that documentary love the behind the bastards <laughs> episodes uh, oh same yeah i i do think it's a an army movie because it's about an invasion or nuclear yeah. thing and i think she is on a sub we just don't hear about it <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do get a conversation about stunt butts and nudity clauses and, and everything, which has actually changed even more since then. 
uh, which is kind of interesting. I also think it's interesting that in 1999, Julia Roberts had a joke about eating out Mel Gibson's ass, and that <laughs> I know was <laughs> wild that that was in this movie. But Mel Gibson was like huge until like 2000. Until we realized how racist he was. Yes, yes, exactly. Until some voicemails got leaked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember him being a butt man, but I guess I think he showed his butts a lot in the uh, like Braveheart stuff. Yeah, Braveheart. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That checks out. Anyway, he kisses her on the cheek goodnight, sends her to bed. He's sleeping on the couch. And Spike is like, so if you're not going to have sex with her, do you mind if I try to? And he's just like, <laughs> fuck off. Dude. I, like, I do love that, like, he's doing the classy thing. She's staying in his bedroom. He's sleeping sure. on the couch. And Spike is not is not in this moment trying to like score with julia roberts he is clearly like okay julia roberts is here with you grant not with me and then he's like but i'm gonna go remind my best friend that julia roberts is here right and into him and that's all spike is doing and then when hugh grant is like no just leave me alone he's like okay well if you're not interested for whatever reason do you mind if i try i'm just gonna <laughs> right, try i mean right, like right, I, right, I get right. it like i understand why he's here but it is very it's very like terrible roommate situation type stuff which i think is very funny but i also love that it sets up her sneaking down the stairs right and you think it's spike again and he's like go to bed and she's like oh i'm sorry sorry yes it's a very funny setup and then knockdown of a good joke i loved it very great and they yeah. do have this is a very sweet sex scene and and they're yeah. like breakfast in bed and stuff after is very cute and very yeah yes you, like you root for them. You want them to be together. You feel the romance. You do. They have great chemistry. Yes. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. She goes to bring him breakfast in bed and the doorbell rings and he goes to check on it and literally the entire paparazzi is out there. Yeah. Uh, and so as he comes back to try and figure things out with her, Spike goes outside and poses. No, no, no. Not yet. Spike doesn't go out first. No, I know. Hugh Grant opened the door. I know. And then they get photos of him and then... Julia oh, Roberts right. comes up and it's like, out. what's going on? And he's like, I think still dazed at what's happening. Yes. Although I don't love this scene because he should have like grabbed her and stopped well, he her. He says no. He tries he to does. stop her. He says no, he don't does. go out there. Yeah. And she's like, you're up to something. So like, I, I don't think anyone's to blame for this is my point, I guess. Mm. She yeah. opens the door though and they get pictures of her just wearing his shirts. Yeah. And he had just come out in boxers and a t-shirt. So like, clearly they had just been intimate or right. just woke up. I mean, they right. might have tried to play it off as that not that but like clearly it was that and then she starts freaking out and like during this fight we see spike sort of realize what's going on and then goes outside yes. himself in just his tidy grays oh the most disgusting underwear i've ever seen it's so gross this guy is such a good actor though he's so good she then says i still have a boyfriend and he's like wait what what yeah. what's happening and she's what? like According to them, I do. She's like, me yeah. and him have not talked in a long time. Like, we are clearly broken right. up. Yeah, I do think at this point she is fully broken up. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like a, the public thinks I have a boyfriend, you know? Like, right. And I do understand, like, that is probably something that happens because you might break up with someone and not want to have to do a press release about it because you're yes. sad about it, you know? So it might have been three or four months. Or you're still in a movie with that person and you have oh, to do yeah, the, and you can't. the publicity yes. for it. Yes. Ex yeah. Yikes. So like, I yeah. definitely understand that that is a reality in her life. And I do think that she actually is single when she goes there this time. Yes. I, I don't think she handles this well, although I understand why she doesn't handle it well. I but, fully understand why she handles this the way she does, and I don't blame her for it. Because, like, 
Because she immediately goes to, you called them, you betrayed me. Or Spike did. Like, I, I don't think it matters ultimately to her. This she's was like, not the safe space I thought it was. I yes. think that's what it is, ultimately. Because I don't, I don't think she's placing blame on Spike or him. Just somebody right. did, right? And right. then we come to find out it was Spike because he told people down at the pub. Now, right. I don't know if he got paid by those people. And I definitely could see Spike just being this kind of dumb to tell his friends. And then his friends start telling people. And you know it gets yeah. out you know Right but anyway what as She's like storming out like she calls Her personal assistant and security and They come over and get her and as she's About to leave she's like Sort of trying to explain to Him why this is terrible right And he's like I just want a little bit of perspective Like there's a lot of worse things Going on out there like this is something That we can laugh about later on and she's like yeah Sure but like this is going to be in my life forever. I'm going to regret this forever. And when yeah, yeah, she yeah. says that, cr- you just see it crush him in a way that like is so it's crushing. Br- like it just broke my heart for him. But here's the thing. She's fucking right. And you know, know. who would know that at the time? Hugh Grant. Because he had he had been caught with a sex worker well, and Hugh it haunted Grant, his career for fucking ever. Yeah, Hugh Grant in real life would. I'm talking about them yeah. and their active performances. But yeah, no, I, I mean, know. Yeah, yeah. Like I do think he crushes this acting, but I think she does too. Like if you watch her deliver that line, it's clear the second it slips out of her mouth, she regrets saying it. So like, sure, I love that. Like she is like, fuck, I'm fucking this up again. Even though I understand why she's reacting this way, I do feel like even in the moment she realizes what she's done and is about to say something to him to like fix the situation where their relationship doesn't come apart in this moment. And then that's when the doorbell rings and she leaves. See, I think he is being unreasonable in this moment and deliberately obtuse because I'm like, how do you not understand how bad this is going to be for her? How how are you not freaking out also? Yeah, but like she's just she basically just said, I regret spending time with you. I yeah. understand. Yeah. And and he, this is what's terrible. I think if I were Hugh Grant, I'd be like, that sucks and I hate to hear it. But I also fully understand because this is the fucking worst because he's when he's like, I mean, there's people starving perspective. I'm like, you, you just nuked her life, dude. Like, not you personally. I know you didn't mean to, but like, this is the amount of shit she will have to deal with. She nuked her life. Like, she needs to take responsibility that those paparazzis are there because of her decisions and not his decisions. Well, she doesn't know. She just came there to be quiet. And now it is going to ruin her life for the next few weeks and probably years. Like... That is a reality. I understand being mad about that. The fact that he's like, I don't get why you're so upset. I'm like, I don't understand how you live in this world and didn't just see what happened and don't understand why she's upset. I think she is more upset than when the nudes leaked, which is a a, a crazy. Okay, no, because it's it compounds. It compounds. It's like the nudes leaked, and now this, and now the story is going to be that she's some out of control sex fiend, and she will never escape it. I also don't think she's madder about this than she was about the nudes leaking. We did not see her when she received that information that the nudes leaked you know what i'm saying right we only saw her when she was asking for help from that situation like i bet she blew up and lost her shit i i i fucking would like i well yes. yeah yeah i just don't i mean she made the decision to to go stay with the guy with roommates with a neighborhood with with all of this other stuff and like don't put the bl- like i know that you're angry and frustrated with the situation but she kind of funnels that at him 
which I don't think is super fair uh, because he did not make those decisions for her. She made those decisions. But here's the thing. Her decisions don't exist in a vacuum. They exist in a society that will actively treat her differently, not just than him, but like than her male counterparts who would encounter the same thing. Like she is reacting to something out of her control and just trying to do damage control. And the fact that he's not kind of more empathetic to that is a little confusing for me. He is super empathetic with everything else in this movie. I do think he is just trying to get her not to leave. Right. And I think they need to have a real conversation about it, which I don't think they are able to do because of the emotional state. And I really do think when she says, I'll regret this forever, and then I feel like she does sort of display that she regrets that saying that immediately. Sure. I do think that she was going to be in a place where she could have easily said, I regret them coming. Yes. I don't regret spending time exactly. with you. I and think that's that what she meant. Like me if too. I heard this, yeah. I wouldn't interpret it as me. I would interpret it as this situation is terrible. But that's how Q Grant interpreted exactly. it. Exactly. So like I, yeah. I get, I get that. And I, I think you're both right. I think she means I'm going to regret them showing up at your house forever. I don't think she, she re- regretted sleeping with him or coming to, yeah, of course uh, coming to him for no. help. But Hugh Grant reacts that way. Like that is how he feels when she says that. He was just like, oh, I was right. just some pit stop for your scandal. Okay, well, I guess I'll let you go then. Fine. And that's sort of what yeah. happens. And it's like, I, I, I don't know if her, her personal assistant had rung the doorbell two minutes later. I feel like they would have stayed connected in this moment, but they don't because of the timing. Right, right, right. Yeah. I just I, I, I don't know. I, I guess for me, I'm just like, this is so shitty for her. It is. And, and for he's like, I don't know why you're freaking out. I'm like, what? Do you have any idea what they're going <laughs> to say about her now? Like, what are you talking about? He doesn't. You have to explain it. Like, he has no concept of what being famous is like. But here's the thing. I don't think you need a concept of what being famous is like to understand what they're about to do to her like you've seen a newspaper i think you cannot assume that someone understands what you're going through you have to communicate in most situations because that's why people misinterpret each other and then causes stuff like well i do think the ultimate problem here is they're not communicating well like she is yelling about a situation that fully fucking sucks yeah and he just doesn't want her to leave so he's trying to say things that you would commonly say to diffuse things with people who are not famous and dealing with things that will be in international papers you know what i'm saying yeah. So like yeah. they're they're not able to communicate in an effective way for the type of relationship mm-hmm. they're trying to get into, which I fully get, and I love this scene because of the that breakdown. Like I, I just think it's a really I think it's a well very realistic scene. way that people miscommunicate yes. and cause rifts in yes. relationships. That's one of the reasons I like it so much. Yeah, but she leaves, and then like we get, I think the best passage of time single camera shot yes. in any movie ever. Yes. With the seasons changing. And this is where we see her sister break up with a cruel boyfriend. And I was like, I didn't need this. <laughs> like- it's, okay. So at the beginning of the shot, and it's literally like a minute long, we hear, I think one of my favorite songs, uh, Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone. Yes. And, I do love that song. And he's just walking on Notting Hill, right? Yeah. And they have it set up to where there's a pregnant lady when he first starts walking. We see his sister and then she with has a boyfriend. A baby. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it goes through like four, all the seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the end, we see her boyfriend or we see his sister break up with the boyfriend and we see that lady with the baby. But like, right. he's walking through like rain and then it becomes snow and then it's, it's just such a good shot. I loved it so much yeah and we end at his sister comes to the bookstore and is like hey i got her assistant's number and he throws the numbers away oh i loved that moment for him as someone who's been through like a Mm -hmm. relationship like this it takes a lot to get to the point where you're like 
nah, I'm done with this person. I cannot yeah. get them another chance. Like, and it's hard when you've been like super in love with somebody who didn't necessarily feel that way about you yeah, <laughs> or treat you in a way that made you feel that, you know? Yeah. Anyway, but of course it's a romance movie. So he yeah. fully does take her back. <laughs> of course. Well, yeah. we, we cut to the restaurant where the closing restaurant that we hadn't heard about since the first scene of this film. Yes. And his sister at one point is like, I'm getting engaged to Spike. And you're like, what? Oh, oh, what? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, Spike seemed just as like surprised as you guys. Cause the only time we ever see them together is when she runs in and gives the number to her agent. Right. Yeah. That's it. So like, yeah. Then they're not like, making out or holding hands in that scene or whatever yeah it's a real weird addition I mean, even hugh grant's like who are you? i'm your brother who are you dating yeah what's happening <laughs> but this is where we find out that she's in town filming a movie and so yeah. he goes to set to talk to her and does get to like listen in while they're filming and she basically is like i don't like the way we left things we should talk and then he overhears her talking to a co-star which again he wildly overreacts in this moment oh i'd, I'd leave. leave no yep. i'd leave fully i would fully leave i in a I've, heartbeat i would leave first of all you haven't talked to this person in a year she yeah. doesn't know why you're here and you don't even know the person she's talking to maybe she doesn't want to tell them everything no i completely get that i completely get all that but if this person has like not treated you well as a human twice before sure yep. i mean i wouldn't have gone to the set to be honest with you. I probably wouldn't have either. <laughs> yeah. But when you get there and they're like, again, in person saying things that you want to hear to get you to stay. All she says is there are things that need to be said. Yes. But all she could have said was, that's an old friend. We're going to catch up. Yes. And then I would have been like, cool. Yeah. I, I think she literally says basically the, the equivalent of that. Where she says, no. it's a guy from the past, it's an no, awkward situation. he's a nobody. Yeah, and I don't even know why he's here. It's kind of an awkward situation. That, like, that's true. Oh. That is accurate to what oh. is happening. Yeah. You are not in a relationship anymore. It is an awkward situation. They, they were and never he just in a showed up without like, asking yeah. her. Yeah, like... It everything she says is true and is vague enough to get the guy to stop asking questions. But she showed up without asking him when her nudes were leaked. Like I mean, like it's uh, he didn't have to take her in. No, like, true, and she didn't have to let him on set. She didn't. But also, she doesn't even know he's listening. It's not like she was directly doing this to hurt him. I, listen, I, I'm not saying that what she said wasn't factually accurate. I just think she just went too far. She did. She didn't know he was listening. It's not like she's trying to offend him. She's just trying to get someone to stop asking her questions and she doesn't even know who's hearing it. Yeah. Like, that's it. I do kind of hate that the movie treats it like she betrays him in this scene and I'm like, he just showed up in the middle of her day and she's just trying to get through her day. I think it's just the callous way she she says it. Like, But she doesn't say it to him. But I think, I think it's a weakness of the film that this is even, it's not necessary in the movie. Yes. And she has the painting already to give to him. Yes. Yeah, we find out it's been at her hotel the entire time she's yes. been there. Because she took it from her house. And, right. And, and the way we were reacting, I think this scene invites it of like this kind of discussion when it is not necessary to the overall arc of the movie. And like she's already got the painting at the house. She wants to apologize. Are they they she wants to talk to him and like talk about feelings sure. and stuff. And having this scene in is pointless. And all it does is is add an unneeded 
roadblock that they don't really need right now because they've already yeah. had the passage of time in a roadblock. I, I would cut this out completely, so, yes. personally. It confuses the tone of the film. Yeah, so what you could do is get rid of the phone number exchange with the sister yeah. and instead have the guy who that said... That doesn't even apply to this. That's I know, not even that's how he got there. I know, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Cut that all together and then have him say, the guy who says she's actually in town, have him come to the bookstore and say that and him being like, I know, I'm not but going. I'm not going to go. Yeah, because yeah. that sort of condenses those two moments. And then have her show up. Yeah, and, that, well, and then jump to her showing up and saying, mm-hmm. I've been in town for three months filming this I thought maybe we would reconnect, but after, and just literally going into it, you know, and yeah. just what she's saying. Cause it feels like this scene was added to be like, look how famous actress she is. This is movie stuff, but also, oh, we're not ready for like the end yet. So like, let's cause a, an unneeded, unnecessary, stupid conflict. I honestly think this whole scene exists just so they can set up that she's doing a Henry James movie because earlier right. they planted it, the seed she that she should do a Henry James movie. That's it. Well, and it sets up, I think he has enough reason to say no to her with the painting without this scene, right? Me too. I think he does. It gives him an extra thing of like, you dismissed me like I was nothing. And she's like, I didn't even know you were listening. I was just trying to get that guy to stop asking questions because it treats it like it is something she has deliberately done to hurt him. She was not conscious of him hearing it. It mm-hmm. was not intentional to hurt him. It was just her telling a guy to stop asking her about it. Yeah. But it paints her as more of a villain than she is. I really well, don't find her to be much of a villain. I find no, her to be I famous. Did, I don't really yeah. find her to be a villain at all, necessarily. I, it's it's easy for him to interpret it in a negative way because of the stuff that's happened. Yes, I, that, that's what I was. That was my only point, Mikey. I understood why he left. He didn't make a scene, except he did. I think make sure to walk through their shot, thus providing a continuity error. But yes, I do think he. <laughs> Like I understood why he left in that moment because he's been hurt by her twice before and is like gonna be again. <laughs> but it's just it's just unnecessary. And and it you would have saved the movie like right. a million dollars to 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 save that scene. Oh, I bet that scene was very expensive. A lot of extras. <laughs> they have yeah. horses in Costumes, that movie. Horses. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So like fully that shot for that three minutes of the movie was probably one of the most expensive sets. When they could have been like, oh, she's filming a Henry James film across town. He says, no, yeah, exactly. I don't want to go. If that's all you needed, that's yeah. all you needed. And then she just shows up at the bookstore at the end when she's leaving. I think yeah. you're right, but I think it does paint her in too much of a villainous way. And, and she's not. She is not a villain. <laughs> like, she is a famous person reacting to her world. <laughs> yes. I don't think she's a villain. I think she is a victim of her circumstances. I do think she made a mistake in not clarifying that she was in a relationship or yes there was some weirdness with alec baldwin like yes but again that's something i would cut because you don't need it me too but even if she had been like at the dinner before they go back to her hotel and she's there if she had been like hey i had a a a breakup conversation with my ex we've been on again off again and i just wanted to be upfront again about that i did not expect this to happen or just write it out of the guy i would like to put forward a motion okay that we call this type of movie behavior over conflict where yes the conflict is already established it is we don't need to triple down on this yeah this is a hat on a hat for sure yeah over conflict is what this is but he he is hurt by it. And like, he walks. He leaves. Like have her kick his dog on the way out. If we're gonna go this far, <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. It's it's also you'll remember in four weddings and a funeral and love actually and this. It's all 
women, there are women being unfaithful or participating in relationships, breaking up other relationships. Well, I mean, to the point where I wonder yeah. how the writer director feels about women. <laughs> Just well, in Love Actually, there's also like Sn- Snape does that in Love Actually too. Like, I mean, I yeah, realize that he's doing also that the with co-worker. the girl from his office. Adultery takes two people, so there is going to be another woman for sure. I mean, well, and and she like <laughs> pursues it. Like she, she, you know, like I said, you might question how this director feels about women. Just saying. And it's Emma Thompson. How could how could you do that to Emma Thompson? Well, yeah. if you show me a hot famous person, I'll show you a dude's probably cheated on her. Yeah, that's I'm sure true. that's true because they're dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at me. I've been cheated on. Can you believe it? Yes. Um, I'm just saying looks looks only get you so far. You know what I'm yes. saying? So you're saying there's a chance is what you're saying. <laughs> that you get cheated on again? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 100%. I got to go. Check on something, wrote. <laughs> uh, but so she shows up to the bookstore with the painting, and this is the I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her, and he says no. Yeah, so sweet. And then he does what I did when this I had this kind of conversation with an ex, and I was like, I'm I'm good. Thank you, though. Hey, I think that's a valid response, and and he is honest about you know where he's like, hey, I really liked you, but both times it didn't end well, and I don't know that I want to go through that again emotionally. That's such a valid reason. And he's also like, and with you, I'm in even more trouble because you're like a huge figure in pop culture. Yes. So anytime but- I turn my head, I'm gonna see your face on devil's advocate okay then she gives him three million dollars and he's like well let's rethink this decision okay so there is a very callous way to look at the end of this movie and i will acknowledge that and that is that he knows he is owning a failing bookstore and he needs some deep pockets to bail yep. him out so mm-hmm. like i he opens that painting. <laughs> he opens that painting and he's like huh let me gather the friends around to see maybe... Okay, and, and, and that is the next scene. And I do love this scene because they are... We've all done that. Yeah. They are so supportive in this moment. They're like, no, never trust a vegetarian. Or like, no, actresses, <laughs> they're all crazy or whatever. I mean, they're all just like grasping at whatever they can think of to like just be on his side and be like a sweet supportive friend. And then yes. Spike walks in and is like, what? I got to call him here. What's up? And they're like... He just turned down Anna Scott and he goes, you daft prick. Like, you fucking idiot. (laughs) What is wrong with you? And they're like, no, 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 no. It's a good thing. (laughs) And he's just like, he doesn't say it, but he's like, oh, is it really? Is it really a good thing? Like, that's his general vibe. The whole thing. And then that is what prompts him to say, that's what prompts Hugh Grant to say. Well, and she did say, and I, I get she's an actress and she can deliver a line, but she did say, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. And then we get the reaction shots of all of the friends. And it's like... And then they realize she brought him that actual painting. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's them trying not to cry. And then it shows the sister and she looks legit mad at him. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> yeah. this is my chance to be her best friend, you asshole. Don't ruin this for me. How dare you? And he's basically like, oh, I've made the wrong decision, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, but whatever. Yeah. Uh But they all drive to the Ritz uh, where she is already checked out as Miss Pocahontas, but she is doing a press conference at the Savoy. So they show up at the Savoy and he's in the crowd and asks and basically uses his question to be like, I was an idiot. Can you forgive me? And she's just like, I mean, yeah, if if, you know, you want to try and make this work. Yes, sure. And so then she's going to be staying indefinitely. I do love this scene, though. It's so sweet because like they're asking her questions at a press conference. It's a yes. little cringe for me. I love it's, a little, it's a little cringe. I'm, I just cried the whole time because I loved it. Like from the moment 
they go on the chase, like to go get her at the end, which is in like a lot of movies from this time. Yes. The moment that the husband of the woman in the wheelchair, like gets in the car and is like, where's my wife? And they're like, she's not coming. And she, from outside the car is like, just go. I'm fine. He's like, fuck that. I'm bringing you in. Like that's when I start crying. And then through the rest of this movie, I'm crying because this scene is so sweet. Cause they're like asking when are you leaving? She's like, I'm leaving tonight. Like the press are. And then he like asked the question of, well, because uh, someone in the press corps asked about, Hey, last time you were here, you took photos with this guy. What happened? And she's like, we're friends. I think we're still friends. And then he asked the question of, would you ever consider being more of the friends? And she's like, no, I've been told that's not a possibility. And he's like, well, what if that dude? And then as he says that, they're like, his name is Thatcher, his name. And they're like saying yeah, his Thacker. name back to yeah. him. Thacker, thank you. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Thacker. And he's like, if this dude would realize he was a daft prick, would you take him back? And that's when she's like, yeah, I would. And then she tells her manager to ask the question again of, are you staying or not? And she's like, I'm staying indefinitely. And then that's when a normal movie would end, but like it doesn't because if that's where it ended, you would just be like, oh, she's going to break up with him in two weeks. Like it's, it's like a horrible cycle that he is continuing. (laughs) So like the director was like, okay, we have to show them that it works out. We have to show the audience. I like movies that show that they work out. Me too. I'm bawling the whole time. The last shot of this, when it like goes from their wedding to like, them on the bench and she's obviously pregnant and he's just reading the book the bench from the mm-hmm. the, the the private garden bench which they go out of their way to show that like people are also in there because so they own property because they no longer yeah. have to sneak in mm-hmm. so they like live on Notting Hill they like live and like love that bench and it's just so sweet I love it. I was crying the whole time and, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie. So having seen the movie and we talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Notting Hill? I do like this movie. It, like, despite my multiple criticisms, I do genuinely like this movie. Fully same. I do think we were pretty harsh on it with our criticisms because it's, if you listen to this episode, you probably are like, they probably didn't like this movie. I love this movie. I'm going to watch this no, again. I think we really liked it, but like, I think the main, it, the overconflict is the main criticism. Yes, I agree yeah. completely. And it overcomplicates the story. And honestly, the run time it just makes it too long and it's just too much take a few things out and you'll it'll be perfect but Paige, do you have any fun facts for us i do well here it is with your fun facts notting hill fun Fun facts facts. so when julia roberts is asked what she made on her last film and says 15 million that's actually the amount she was paid for her role in the movie (laughs) oh really yeah that's a fun little easter egg right there i like that in rehearsal she the script i guess said 10 million and then in rehearsal, she said 12. And then when they shot it, she said 15. And they were like, why'd you keep moving it up? And uh, reportedly, she quote said, I'm tired of lowballing, <laughs> which was, I think is very funny. I think it's funny too. And also, if that's like her real life quote, use her real life quote. Well, at one time after this movie, okay. she was making 20 million a movie. And at that point was one of the most well-paid female or most well-paid actresses working in Hollywood. Does not at all surprise me. And that was kind of the benchmark for a long time. Yeah. Now, the house at the blue door where William lives is a real house, and it actually once belonged to Richard Curtis. No shit. Did they film in the house? I believe so, yes. They filmed definitely the exterior, but I believe part of the interior as well. Okay, nice. They also definitely filmed at the Ritz, but they had to film between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. to not affect guests. Wow. Okay. (laughs) That's wild that this 
literal blockbuster movie had to film at two to four a.m. Like that. That's so funny to that's me. That's a lot of movies. Yeah. No, I know. I just think it's great because the the Ritz is like, yeah, you can use it, but like, listen. <laughs> yeah. There's the stipulations. Yeah. Uh, now the scene that looks like one continuous shot is actually not a continuous shot. Yeah. There's a. They do actually what they do in a lot of 1917, which is like an in camera trick. It's so good. Yeah. So they actually filmed all four different shots the same day. So they redressed. Yeah. Um, but they actually ah. used post-production computer technology to seamlessly basically rotoscope and place Hugh Grant from one shot to the next. Yeah. You can actually, so it, you, they do it in 1917 a lot as well. You can kind of see well. it in this. You can yeah. sort of see it. The, the one that I think is the most obvious is when the flower truck drives by at the end. Yes. They rotoscope around... I think it's his sister. Yes. Um, so, and you can sort of tell where that is happening, but it's such, it's so well done, especially for 99, man. It's such a good shot. Yes. Um, Julia Roberts was the only person considered for the role at any point. Uh, and they didn't, ex- yeah, well, and they didn't yeah. expect her to say yes. Uh, but she said that there was, this was the best romantic comedy she had ever read. So she would have to do it, which I do agree. This is a fantastic romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's better than most of the movies we do on the show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely better than next week. Uh, oh, I cannot wait. It's your pick. Um, so you would know. <laughs> I know. So the bench used in the film, the one from to June from John, uh, yeah. lives air quotes in Queens gardens in East Perth, Western Australia. It was purchased huh. at auction oh. as a gift for a relationship that subsequently failed. Uh, <laughs> however, makes sense. God, rich people, man. I know the person that bought it donated it to the city of Perth, and now it really does live in a beautiful garden that is locked at night. That's awesome. Yeah. Julia Roberts' least favorite line in the movie is the one where she talks about going to bed with Gilda and waking up with me. Rita yeah. Hayworth's favorite famous quote yeah she said it was nails on a chalkboard and i don't believe any of that (laughs) now we talked about things that we think were probably cut out of the movie or smooshed together the final cut of this film was three and a half hours long with 90 minutes edited out fuck i'm sorry are they are they editing an episode of romancing the pod like good lord (laughs) which if you'll remember (laughs) love actually was the same way where it had like extra hours but again i think this is one of those things where it's like too many characters too many things too many pieces i honestly i love this movie and i don't think it should be any longer so don't think that's what i'm saying but i well i guess that's what happened to the chef storyline yeah exactly yes exactly i like this movie enough and i enjoyed like the filmmaking process so much that i would love to see that three and a half hour cut just because I would love to see like what they curious. had, yeah, yeah, like what they had in it, what all that stuff. I love directors' cuts like that. Same. Not like we've added out the four extra minutes. I'm like, no, give me like the full four hour. Yeah, yeah, I want to see the four and a half hour mall rats. You know, like movies that right. should not have been. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. two hours, right. like they're th- three hours. Long. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see what was going on. You know, but like this is one of those movies I would watch that just for like the curiosity of it all. Yes. The bookshop is actually an antique shop in real life, and it's next to a butcher. And on the other side of the butcher is an office for Richard Curtis's production company. (laughs) And shortly after becoming a popular singer, Adele bought the flat above the bookshop. Really? But only lived there for a short amount of time and then sold it. I think probably because it's very difficult to live in a popular place like Notting Hill if you're famous. I'd imagine so, because people be like taking pictures of your windows and shit, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. Um, now, much like Julia Roberts, Hugh Grant was the only one considered. They were both sort of at the height of the romantic. Well, and and Richard Curtis uses Hugh Grant in almost everything. And he has said, quote, that he's one of the only characters or one of the only actors that can speak his lines the way he intends them. Yeah. So <laughs> I think and I think what that is, is. I think he writes in Hugh Grant's voice. I think so too. Easily. I think Hugh Grant just nails that like awkwardly charming character that he mm-hmm. writes so well, you know? Right. It's like Elton John and his writer. <laughs> it, <laughs> like they're, uh, they're perfect. Bernie Topin, yeah, yes. They're like perfect for each other, you know? Yes. Now, when Richard Curtis saw this for the first time, he thought it was too similar to Four Weddings and a Funeral. And I agree because... It is and now, and I, again, I say this as someone who loves this movie and only kind of likes Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. I, but it is that it's the things that we brought up that were like these are Richard Curtisisms essentially. But yeah, we'll end on this one again. This is a very famous movie. There's a million and a half fun of facts. Course. If you want more, yeah, please go search them out. There's plenty of them. Uh, but during the opening scene where William spills coffee on himself. Uh, it wasn't coffee, but in fact, Coca-Cola. Oh, really? And those are your fun facts. I wonder if it's if it's because that stained what looks more it like coffee. It stains the same color. Yeah. 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 Uh, usually, C- Coca-Cola is a common replacement for coffee, or sometimes it's just cold coffee. Yeah. Um, and then they put this stuff in it that makes it look like it's steaming, even though it's cold. It's kind of dry ice kind of yeah. stuff, well, that's cool. uh, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Or almost anytime anyone's drinking like whiskey or liquor, it's iced tea. There you go. All fun right. facts. <laughs> well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Notting Hill in 1999? Well, we know it was over 15 million. <laughs> I'm going to say 50 million. Okay. I'm going to say 39. Okay. You're both very close. I think Mikey's closer. It's $42 million. Mm. Now, if you adjust that for inflation, though, that is $76.6 million today. So this is a big budget movie. Now, let's see if that gamble paid off for them because this movie premiered on May 28th. Of course, 1999, but it wasn't the number one movie in the theater that weekend. It was beat by Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Ah. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, you got to be using the boomer, Jaja. <laughs> that movie had been out for only two weeks at that point and was still number one. Notting Hill did come in second place this week. Number three was The Mummy. Uh, number four was Entrapment, and number five was the 13th floor. But what do you think Notting Hill made in its opening weekend? Now, that's what I call pod racing. Uh, that <laughs> Honestly, that, that top five is a great top five. Entrapment. 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 Love it. The Mummy. Love it. Yeah. This. Love it. First weekend. God, I, I want to say that Phantom Menace took fucking everything. So this probably made like 12 million max. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? I'm going to go a little bit over. I'm going to say 15. Mikey, you're closer. It actually made $21.8 million. Dang. Like It okay. still had a very respectable weekend, even though <laughs> Phantom Menace did make 51. Like Phantom Menace did make a yeah, lot yeah. of money that weekend. Uh, in its second weekend out, Notting Hill was again second to The Phantom Menace. So it stayed second for its first two weeks. It was then third in its third week and then fifth in its fourth week and then slowly fell out of the you know top five and top 10 but was in theaters for 20 weeks domestically so what do you think it brought in domestically in 1999 i'm gonna say 80 mil all right mikey what do you think 97 mikey you're closer it was 116 million dollars domestically 
And then, oof, guys, it made $247.6 million internationally. So it made a total of $363.7 million in 1999, which if you adjust for inflation is... A lot. $663.9 million today. That is a shitload of money that this movie made. It's not quite as much as The Phantom Menace made. Phantom Menace made $1 billion. $27 million. <laughs> so it did really good, but it definitely got beat by some movies this year. But that's your box office, and that's what I call podcasting. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> our romance scale, scale of one to 10 of how romantic we found the film. We watched it today. Paige. This is a four for me. Todd. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six, man. Oh, we're, we're all pretty close. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. I love this yeah. movie. I will definitely watch it again. And that's our romance scale. Well, this week I made you guys watch Notting Hill and fully you you're welcome for that page. What are you going to make us regret watching next week? And I'm only saying that because you said it wasn't going to be as good. Yeah, as She this. said, she said that you normally have great picks. So I, I did choose chaos. Hell yeah. Um, like left-hand path. Yeah. There are two <laughs> different kinds of chaos and I'm going to let, I'm going to gauge your response. One of them, unfortunately still costs $14 streaming. And so I didn't want, I, I thought that was a little steep to make everyone watch, but I do still really want to do it. Or one of them is a sequel to something we've already done and is a level of bonkers that makes Mikey uncomfortable. Mikey will hate both. A sequel? But a for different reasons. Different reasons. A rom-com with a sequel. So that's got to be like Princess Diaries. Like that's, it's got to be the Chris Pine Chris, Princess Diaries. It's got to be one of the things. Do you think that's enough chaos, Tom? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to know why I think you'll, you'll hate both movies, Mikey? Yeah. So the one that is $14 includes a lot of music <sighs> and the one that is less money is overtly sexual <laughs> i can already tell you i'm gonna love whatever movie this is it's a real sophie's <laughs> choice huh <laughs> um I, I, I like sex more than the music okay all right Todd. same honestly yeah no same all right yeah. then then we're doing 365 this day which <laughs> is 365 too because it's been a year since we did the last one. What's up? And we will do love again another time. <laughs> I cannot wait. I have been looking forward to watching this pornography with my friends <laughs> for such a long time. It's so much crazier than the first one. How <laughs> is that so possible? Nuts. His dad gets shot from space. It gets pro They all get progressively crazier uh, because you meet Nacho in this one. And anyway, I'm so excited. But Nacho was in the first one. Yeah, but you get to like spend time with nacho. Wait, Jack Black's in this movie? Oh, okay. Yeah, Nacho. Okay. No, I glad. <laughs> what was the other choice? What was the other choice? L Love Again, which once it is less money streaming, I'm absolutely forcing us to do, but that's the one the with Celine the guy Dion? from Outlander about Celine Dion. <laughs> I would have liked that one too. Okay, okay, I feel good about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, 365 to 365 this day. You're welcome. So your homework for next week is to try to not have your kids walk in on you while you're watching pornography <laughs> and then check back for this episode on 365 This Day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yes. Awesome. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read uh, Ken Rober. What does Ken Rober have to say? Shoopity doo wop. Oh, I can already tell you right now I'm going to love this review. It makes my day every week to hear Paige geek out about Henry Cavill. Cavill. Is that how you pronounce his name, Mikey? <laughs> Cavill like travel. That's what he tells people. Her romance books, kitchen stuff, and cannibalism. Mikey and Todd are okay. Five stars. 
Oh, that's not fair. It's hurtful. But maybe if you let me talk more about the kitchen stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Five stars is the end of the review, friend. Oh, did you already say five stars? Uh-huh. My bad. Well, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, give us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. Keep, nope. Mm. <laughs> you complete us. Ooky, spooky. Spooky, <laughs> 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 I've heard a girl's Notting Hill was a myth. It is after marriage. Your rejection of science is upsetting. And also the movie next week will prove that it's not a myth. Bye. Bye. Bye.